are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime. Prime time. It's XL Prime Time featuring Joe C. Why in the world am I sitting back and being quiet about this? Matt Hayes. Suck it up, Buttercup. Mia O'Brien. My nose just decided to start bleeding. And Leon Searcy. Now you're yeah. just talking Tom Fuller. Yeah. yeah. How you like me now? How you Welcome like in. Now? The noon hour is hit. Daytona 500 coming up on Sunday. We got some duels later. They set the pole last night. The Gators on the court last night against a bad Ole Miss team. But bad news for the Gators. You just heard Taylor Dahl in the update column. Castleton, broken hand. He was all of their offense, and now he is gone. Uh, and the Gators have lived through him of late. We'll get into that a little bit. We'll get into some Jaguar free agency talk. Uh, following Jaguars today, that discussion about Jawan Taylor and everybody else that they're looking at as far as what they are going to do. Thursday, everybody ready to rock and roll? Got to get a little Modelo yellow out there to get it going. It's the weekend, man. There we go. There we go. We're, We're getting started. Apparently, uh, we have some friends on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures who, uh, shout out to 4634, Mia showed up to work in a great mood, ready to make some great radio, and Dempsey just started throwing elbows. But Uh-oh. hey, listen, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. it's all in good fun. It's all in yep. good fun. And yeah, we're ready for the weekend. We're yes. ready for an excellent Thursday. You can't treat time. you like that. Throw the bows. Only you guys can question my love life and everything else that we have going on in this world yeah. in 2023. Come on now. Come on now. Or especially Jawan Taylor and the offensive line. Yeah. That's far it, it, from the only Jaguar news today, though. Is that not right, Joseph? Well, it's, you know, it, it was in the update, but I still think it's worth it that because this just worries me every time I hear something happen. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think of Ernest T. Bass and the Andy Griffith show back in the day. Pearl, 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 don't give your love to Earl. And then I think of Jim Bob Cooter. If he leaves Duval and goes to Indianapolis, man, am I going to be upset. If Jim Bob scoots, if Cooter scoots out of town to head up to Indianapolis, I am going to be bent. Well, the rap sheet, as you just heard on the update, the Colts requesting Jaguars passing game coordinator Jim Bob Cooter uh, be interviewed for their OC job under new head coach Shane Steichen. He's had several requests. Jim Bob Cooter could literally walk in this studio and you wouldn't know who he was. Yeah, that that you know that's debatable. Okay, that's debatable. <laughs> no, I know that Cooter smell. Yeah, exactly. I'd recognize it anywhere. And so, listen, he listen. I don't want that guy leaving Duval. Okay, Calford. And Cooter belong <laughs> together. Can you give okay? us your Mount Rushmore of uh, Acoys yeah. for the 2022 Jaguars? Well, I did have I did have Caldwell up there as my first assistant coach of the year, and then I might have put I don't know Phil Rauscher up there at one point when he called that one play. Uh, but yeah, Jim Bob definitely deserves <laughs> that definitely. one play. Yeah, that one play. Who's the fourth? <laughs> what, what what's the fourth assistant? I need to know this Mount Rushmore. All right, you know what? I'm gonna go with CJ. Okay. Our, our man is our gone. friend of the program. Yeah, exactly. Friend of the program. Yep. Chris Johnson, who uh, was the wide receivers coach and Jackson, and then gets to go to Texas now. So that one he will be missed because he jumped on. And you know what? We could probably put McCoy in there too. All right. Are there, there five go. on there the on, on Mount Rushmore? You got five on Mount Rushmore. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. It's the Acoy. It's yeah. the, the Josie Acoy. We're gonna need a graphic made. I hope yeah. Taylor Dahl's listening. I do want an assistant coach of the year award in Duval at some point. Doug got totally ripped off. 
Uh, they gave it to, to Dayball, and that's fine. That was a New York thing. But, you know, we need to get our our coaches some recognition. All right, so we're going to be talking free agent. We're talking a bunch about it. And, you know, right now the biggest question marks are the two big, you know, the playmaker and the protector. And you can just basically file it down to that, the playmaker and the protector, Evan Ingram and Juwan Taylor. We've already talked about Evan Ingram with his social media exploits uh, as he's out there trying to attract new attention and see what the suitors are going to say uh, money-wise for him. But Juwan Taylor's thinking the exact same thing. And we always look to Leon and ask for just a little advice uh, in, in, you know, on how this whole thing's going to go. Juwan Taylor is begging for it to get to that free agent period where it is open and people can come calling to see if they can sign him. Jacksonville's obviously hoping the opposite. Well, I mean, this is a – Jawan Taylor, at this point in his career, you can't be the nice guy. Nice guys don't get paid. I always say that. Jawan Taylor, he did. He had he had an outbreak year last year. I mean, he was one of the better right tackles in the NFL as far as pass protecting. Still has got to work on that, that run game. But as much as you love Jacksonville, I mean, he's got he's tatted. He's like me. He's tatted on the thigh mm-hmm. with the Jaguar symbol yep. and everything like that. So he's all in with the, the city of Jacksonville. But you, you you've got to you've got to let Jacksonville know that if you want me to come back, it's going to cost you. And he's at the he's at the pivotal point of his career right now. He's young. This is going to probably be his biggest contract. He's got to make the most of it. So he's got to be a bit of a got to be a hole. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, not him and not him, but maybe agent. his agent. Yeah, his agent, agent yeah. absolutely. And I know his agent. His agent was my agent. I know going into this free agent market, he's telling him. I know as much as you love the city, as much as you love Doug, much as you love Trevor, that's not going to get you paid. Do you What's think going? he threatens to get the tattoo removed or uh, covered up even? Well, he may. I mean. That's a good bargaining chip. It is a good bargaining I'll take it off. I'll take it off. strip it down. Strip it down. Well, well, so the bigger question, though, that we were having with regards to that right tackle position and with you know the salary cap situation the Jaguars find themselves in is you would think, speaking of the Acoys, mm-hmm. You have a better coaching staff now. Can you insert young players and have an instant impact like the Kansas City Chiefs who had 10 rookies contribute to that Super Bowl championship game? Yeah, four of them started. Four of them started. And do you say we can plug and play whoever, like Belichick, well, and we will at least get average returns? Well, you, you could you could do that, but uh, at what expense? I mean, you, you, Trevor's your, your franchise. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and, and Jawan Taylor's already established himself as one of the better right tackles, especially in pass This being a, a quarterback-driven league and pass protecting, Jawan Taylor's biggest strength is protecting the quarterback. So you, you've, got, you've got a marquee player right now in Jawan, and you're going to risk it and bring in a rookie that played at the college See, level? I, I, think, I, I'm little, I would be a little concerned with that. I think the best uh, – not the best scenario, but they do have a good situation. They did draft well. We can take a look at a handful of guys that have been drafted in the first two or three rounds that will pay dividends for this football team. Luke Fortner being the best example, he stepped right in this year and started at the center position. Jawan Taylor, for his time here, as soon as he was drafted, he stepped in and started at that right tackle spot. But Walker Little is a quality backup, and you have to give you have to give Balky credit. You can give Herb credit because he recognized the name, uh, and but they do have a backup. So just play the game here. If if Jawan Taylor or Evan Ingram were to leave, which would have a bigger dramatic effect on this roster? Which position would this team have a better answer for? It's it's pretty obvious. Jawan leaves, Walker walks into that spot. Mm-hmm. He's played it. He's proven he can start. There isn't anybody that can walk in and take over what Evan. I think Ingram you guys did. are looking at this the wrong way. It's not Jawan and Evan. I 
how is it not Jawan and Cam at this point? Mm-hmm. That's the well, question. But, because but you're talking contract. about a guy. No, I know he's under contract. Yeah. I get it. You're talking about a guy that's had injuries to both knees. Mm-hmm. All right? And his play has been on a scale of one to ten. What, Leon? Five and a half, six? Well, I'll go higher. I'll go six. Okay, six. That, to me, is the question. <laughs> so, if you can trade him, I don't know if you can because of the injuries, obviously, yeah. and because of the contract. Yeah, that's but that the is the question. And you said Walker Little's your, – your point is you got to back up and walk a little. Walker Little's a starter. Walker Little would start for 20-plus teams in the league right now. So, he's a starter. I, to me, the question is how do you get Cam out of here? No offense to Cam, right. but he's the guy with the big contract. He's the guy with the history of knee injuries. He's the guy who has just been a little bit better than a guy well, out there. But you, do, you, do, you catch yourself. And, I mean, this is the ultimate challenge. The combo of injury and contract is not easy to unload. No, I know it's not. And but so, it's also not easy to hold on to. And so, but if, so if you were to say, okay, uh, you know, the best situation, if you have to hold on to injury and contract and a good player in Cam, maybe not a healthy player, but a good player, is solid have, player. Yeah. Solid. Player. Yeah, he is. is, is yeah, he's to, solid, yeah. yeah. Is to have Walker so, Little at a cheaper price on the other side. Well, here's the thing. If I'm Walker Little, if I, if they, in, the, in the scenario is bring Juwan back and Cam waiting on Cam Robson, trade me. I would. Left tackle. I, he could start anywhere in the NFL. I mean, I just don't see Walker Little just – I don't see. Him, I don't see. Him. I don't see him sitting in the seat with his hands folded to say, "Okay, right, I'll right. be a viable backup." Right. Right. Especially well, with the run he had the last uh, what six, six seven games, games six right. games where he played. Well, he played deception and into the postseason. What we're yeah, also forgetting though is who, for whatever the reason, is the favorite of one Trent Baalke, the birthday boy this week. Mm-hmm. Cam, for mm-hmm. whatever the reason, I, I'm right there with you, Nooners. That you know. Kept scratching your head the last two off seasons when it was Cam that was tagged. It wasn't DJ Chark. Mm-hmm. It was Cam Robinson who then got the payday. Listen, I, I understand a lot of that for Trent is trying to make an example of we are not going to let our players that we draft walk. But he didn't draft Cam. Yeah, but still keeping a core together. And I, I, I got to believe now the second tag, I think actually Doug Peterson had as much to do with that. And that's just a theory because he's the one who said – which he has said multiple times, multiple different ways. You like your quarterback, you got to give him the best situation to succeed. So as we talk about core, though, who's more important to keep together with Trevor then, Cam Robinson or Walker Little? Well, I, I think you, back to Leon's point, you've seen enough of Walker over the last half, second half of the season, not you know, not a total, but basically the second half of the season when you head into the playoffs, and he did a more than serviceable job. So if you could move contract and player – and put third-year guy in there instead of the expensive guy, I'm all for that. I'm just saying it's hard to do. Uh, would you rather, if you're going to pay – I mean, big, let's, be, let's be honest, better guy, yeah, better player. We don't know that. I'm not, gonna, I mean, I'm not I going mean, there's, there. There's empirical evidence now, man. Yeah, well, I mean, I, 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 he's got an he's appetizer body of work right yeah. now. Cam has played at least what? Three, four years, five years. Yeah, this. Yeah, I don't care about that. Uh, well, I know everybody I, says well, that, but I that mean, doesn't that doesn't do anything for why, me. Why doesn't? Because I like a guy who actually goes out on the field and plays well. I like a guy that actually has Six a games. ceiling. Six has games. a ceiling. I know that. I okay. get it. Go I ahead. get it. I totally get it. His ceiling is way up there, whereas mm-hmm. Cam's ceiling is where. Well, I mean, I mean, Cam has has reached. He's reached. His, it. He's reached his ceiling. Yeah. yeah. He's not. He's not. He is who he is. He's not. This, he's this he's a, not probably not going to get any better. Right. This is a game of future. Right. True. Future potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I. Don't, I. Don't, I mean, that's the way I look at it. I look at this. It's not really Jawan and Evan. I think it's more Jawan and Cam. Now the question is, how do you get rid so of? So you have no. You have no loyalty. 
It's not, it's not <laughs> loyalty. The man, I understand gave, what you're the saying. man gave you his two knees. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> I get that. I totally get that, okay? And I totally get that as far as locker room harmony and chemistry. Yeah, yeah. It's good to keep the veteran guys, okay? Absolutely. I totally get that. But at the end of the day, it's also about winning, who gives you the best chance to win, and the salary cap. You cannot avoid or ignore the salary cap. Well, yeah, and, and, and the fact that we're prisoners of the moment, all right? Walker Little was there in the divisional round of the, in, in the nice little run that, that we made and everything mm-hmm. like that. So that, that is embedded in the coaching staff's uh, – their vision board. They, they, they've seen him the latest, so they, they would interpret that Walker Little is our guy right now because Cam's been hurt. Mm-hmm. And, and, Cam, and Cam can't do anything to change that until he gets healthy and gets back on the field and he goes against competition. Yeah. Plus, that's not like a little injury. That's a – I mean, yeah, Dalton's talking yeah, about That's a significant yeah. injury what he had. Yeah, but you uh, – yeah, we don't know whether he'll come back 100%, the same type of guy, all that. I mean, th- those are the biggest injury questions. But here's the thing. That left tackle position, you pay for it, you reward it because that's the most important one, protecting the blind side of a right-handed quarterback. But – if you could move him, you trust Walker Little, you move him in there, now you're taking the same type of money and you're putting it on the right tackle side. Is that also smart business? Because you're going to be paying close to what Cam had if you go ahead and redo your contract. Now listen to these numbers, okay? Jawan Taylor, 1,095 snaps. He had seven penalties and allowed five sacks, all right? That's not – But you could tag him. You yeah, don't I'm, to, I'm just saying. You don't I'm just give him a three- or four-year deal. Just but, tag him for a year. Okay, but that's still 17, eight, what is it, 18 million bucks. I mean, that's still a I'd hell of a lot. I'd rather spend 18 million there than 18 million on a guy with two bad knees. Uh, would, Sorry, you rather spend it on, would you rather spend Sorry, it on a right tackle or left tackle? You got a left tackle. You got Walker Little. Uh, uh, right now you have that guy under contract. You can't walk away from that. It would be so nice if you could. I just bought these uh, groceries. Uh, the meal was bad. I want my money look, back. Look, the you last know? GM here whose name will, you know, is like blasphemous to even mention, got a fourth-round <clears throat> pick when he traded a, a basically washed-up quarterback. So you can't tell me you can't trade camp. Yeah, but you want, not you want, here. Thank you, yeah. JJ. You want to keep taking 10 cents on the dollar? I mean, that's ridiculous. If you're going to eat all that money, you know how much dead cap money this team right, has right. because of that, that. But the guy behind him is better. So if you, I don't understand what taking 10 cents on the dollar means. Um, if the guy behind him is better, what are you going to do? You got to deal with the cap. You got to deal with the cap. Okay, so 1,095 snaps for Juwan. If you take a look at Cam, before he got hurt, he had 913. So, okay. you know, it was a decent body of work. He had eight penalties, one more penalty than Jawan. He had four sacks allowed, one less than Jawan, and that's from the left side. About then you take a look at what Walker did. This is just PFF. Walker played 234 snaps, a couple penalties and a sack. That is, like uh, Leon describes, that's appetizer resume right there compared to the main course resume. All right, I'm going to Hang on, more. I'm going to make you O-line coach right now, okay? Please do. Please do. I enjoy Every, it. Everybody's healthy. Who's your left tackle? Everybody's healthy. Who's Everybody's my left tackle? Who's your left tackle? Don't make me choose. Because you don't want to choose. That's why. Because you know who you're going to choose. I don't want to choose. I don't mind saying Walker Little would be my left tackle. I don't Walker, mind it at all. Walker would be but my left tackle. But move Cam. Give me the plan to move Cam. I don't know that there is a plan, yeah, Joe. That, my, my whole thing is somebody will want him. He's a left tackle. Even if he has injury history, someone will – Am I right? Yeah, Someone will price. run him. At right. that price. Right. Yes, even at that price. Yeah. Well, what I'm finding fascinating is there's a lot of our friends on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures who are suggesting if you were to get, you know, to move Cam or to let Jawan walk, you know, you're going to have to, regardless of which decision you make, mm-hmm. you're going to have to draft a tackle 
in the third or fourth round and either hope they can be your swing right away or you're going to have to get a stopgap while you wait for that person to develop if you do part ways with Cam next year and then that becomes your starter and so that's where you have to either be thinking long term down the road while also bearing in mind that you also need to pay the piper with Walker Little in 2021 if or, excuse me from the rest of the 2021 draft yeah. class you want to pay them down the line and so that's where there's decisions but I also want to note too because we're also forgetting the fact that when Ben Barch went down mm-hmm. back in October the Jaguars did try and practice they never ended up actually doing it in a game because then Cam Robinson went down they did try Walker Little in practice at the left guard position. Mm-hmm. So there's also a notion of who's to say that, you know, they have Tyler Shatley on the books right now for 2024, yeah. but if Barchi becomes that role and then you move Walker Little to left guard and then all three of them are starting if you tag Jawan. Yeah, I, I, that wouldn't be a bad idea. I just like the idea of the craftsman, meaning one of the better linemen playing that tackle position, and he is built and wired and, and uh, you know, he looks like a prototype left tackle with good feet, strong, can move, all that type of stuff. And so I just wouldn't I just wouldn't stuff him inside thinking that I'm going to either. If you're going to do that, you trade yeah, him. Get, get the job done. If they look, if they my ideal scenario is what you're trying to sell me. I just don't know if it'll work. My ideal scenario is you have overpaid for a, for a a left tackle that is now has an injury history and it's catching up with him. Well, when, when you say that if you're going to do that, just trade him. You don't want to move him inside. You know Ogden played left guard, right? I know that. Okay. Yeah, early. I mean, he ain't too good. He ain't too proud that he can't move inside. I want my best five. He, he, I want he, my best five linemen on the field regardless. So it, Ogden played position. guard his first year in the league. Absolutely. Rookie year. Do you, do you think he would have played his third year in the league after he knew he was better than the guy in front of him? I mean, Tony Jones was, was aging. He retired. And then they moved him to left tackle. I, I'm, I announced that. I said if it, if it was his third year in the league. And he knew he was better than the guy in front of a left tackle. You think he would have said, "Yeah, I'll move inside." What the heck? But, but Walker, look, was, what, what year is this for Walker? This is be a third year. Yeah, third going to third. third. Yeah. You got third year. You got two hundred saps. He don't. He don't have the credentials quite yet to make those kind of moves. All right. Yeah. But and I would want my best five on you're the field. You're going to get fired quickly as the only. No, no, no. All right. Hit the text line. Brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. With your thoughts on the Jaguars' offensive line, what does the future of the offensive line look like? Who would you pay this offseason? Who would you move? Before we hit our first break, I do want to transition a little bit and hit a that, JJ. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, State Representative Chip Lamarca out of Broward County must be a primetime nooner because uh, he just tweeted, this just happened. Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida continued to lead in college athletics. We are the leader in providing the best education and preparation for our athletes from financial literacy to entrepreneurship training. Long and the short of it, folks, Florida now has an official NIL bill. Representative Lamarca posting a photo, wait for it, with both Billy Napier and several Florida student athletes, including Austin Barber, what looks to be at least from Trinity Christian, as well as Jordan Travis and several student athletes from Florida State, as well as Mike Norvell, and also the governor, all in a lovely little pic nice. collage. Nice. So, um, but you know, the, the important thing is that you know Florida finally has a finalized, certified NIL bill, uh, which many states still do not. Yeah, and it it causes for a lot of consternation, a lot of promises made, not a lot of accountability. This still will not. It will. So, what's the difference yeah. between what we had and uh, now? It's going to be easier to give high school players. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Yeah. Right, yeah. and there's some sort and of... And some legalese that you got to follow along. Right, right exactly. Um, and specifically, he thanked Mackenzie Milton, Derek King, and Dylan Gabriel. I think that's Dylan mm-hmm. Gabriel, at least. Um, mm-hmm. No, Dylan Gibbons from Florida State. 
who apparently played a very big role in advocating for the best for our college athletes. Mm -hmm. Well, it's good. Look, those guys, we've talked about it a thousand different ways as far as trying to get something for their name, image, and likeness. And I'm all for it. It'll be great. But we there are some accountability problems. There are some regulatory problems. And I don't want to – I'm all for deregulation on almost anything, but this one might need to be regulated just a little bit because you don't have to answer to anything. Well, the value of that is now this supersedes anything the NCAA does. Mm -hmm. So they now – it's going to be the wild, wild west here, these, mm -hmm. three, these three major schools. Yeah. Not that it Which, isn't already. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it, it goes back to that. It basically opens it up. Is what yeah. It does. Well, yeah, well, we have a guy alleging to be – under a $13 million contract. It's about as wild west as it's gotten. Well, that's why uh, Dell on the text line suggested the unofficial name for this new bill is the Jaden Rashada bill. Now, how are we going to govern and regulate these people that are going to be bringing these athletes? And be, and They're not. You know, that's, that's, that's kind that, of the point. That's refreshing to know. <laughs> so these kids will be taken advantage of at an early age. Why not? Okay. You get, they go from being Or they could be taken care of. I'm not saying all. Oh, I'm just saying that. Look, they go from they go from someone trying to swindle them at the university level to someone trying to swindle them at the high the school level, at advisor level, oh, right? Okay. High school level, yeah. Nice. That's that's what we really. How do I get in on this? I, I, uh, I still have four years of eligibility. I would also like to get in on this. No, I mean like as the guy swindling. The swindling. Kid. Oh, yeah. the swindling. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I thought you. It's, got, it, oh, it's coming. Like, oh, yeah. one, man. Yeah. I, I'm working once on you, it. Once you get one contract, they'll all come to you. Do you oh, want to yeah. be a mule? Do you want to be a runner? Because. No, okay. I want to be yeah. I want to be Heitner. Yeah, <laughs> some phony who's like working uh, the collective you, you, for thirteen mil. Because you know, whoever counsel whoever gets to these kids, they're gonna have them as counsel. Then they're gonna have a guy who's the financial guy, and you're gonna have a guy who's the investment guy, oh, yeah. and they're gonna take the money. Two percent, five percent, ten percent. Oh, yeah. oh right. I'm telling you. And now it, it doesn't have you don't have to wait till you get to to the professional level. Mm -hmm. Now. You, it's going to be at the scholastic level at high school. So yep. these kids can be taken care of early on. Soup to nuts representation, and they will walk in as a corporation. I mean, that's basically what it is. I love on the text line, it's about lifetime enclosure. Not to be picky, but pretty sure Pearl, 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 <clears throat> don't give your love to Earl, was flat and scrugs on the Beverly Hillbillies, uh, says Scott from St. John's. And while you are not wrong, I love some old school, uh, you know, uh, legitimacy, making sure that I get it right. But I am going straight off of Andy Griffith when – they were singing it, and it was Ernest T. Bass when he said, you ain't seen the last from Ernest T. Bass. And so it was all going on on both of those shows. I appreciate, too, uh, one of our texters let us know and sent us a photo that it was Austin Barber mm -hmm. of uh, Trinity Christian, now nice. at the University of Florida, starting offensive lineman, who was with the governor for that signing of that bill. And a thank you to 3360, who says we need to do our homework a little bit. Uh, the new Florida bill law will allow colleges to be directly involved in the distribution of the NIL money. Thank you, 3360. I'm going to work on my homework during this next break. Yeah, and I do want to know, when you say they'll be directly involved, does that mean they have yays or nays to it? You know, there's still some gray area. I'd like to know a little bit more about that. It's XL Primetime. Hey, tomorrow we will be at one of the Quick Lube, the famous Quick Lube locations, and you're invited to come on out, hang out with us. We will be right there on San Jose Boulevard, and it's right there at San Jose and Crown. We'll give you the address where you can drop on by and say hello. But here's the thing you need to mo know more than anything else. Big Mike will be cooking, all right? And so they'll, yeah. have, they'll have free food and drinks. And if you need service on your car, your truck, whatever it might be, just drop on by Famous Quick Lube with XL Primetime. We'll give you the details as we go along today. This is XL Primetime. 
brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. We're looking forward to the weekend. We're looking forward to the Great American Race on Sunday at Daytona International Speedway. Prop bets forthcoming. We're also looking down the calendar as the SEC has announced its schedule for the annual SEC Media Days, which for the first time ever will take place at the Grand Hyatt in downtown Nashville, Tennessee. And kicking things off, Brian Kelly talking about his family, Monday, July 17th. Well, we, we all grew up in New Iberia, Louisiana. We grew up on Gator Tail and, and Boudin. He'll, he'll be telling the whole story. Y'all can make what? You. Y'all can make fun of him. I'm going to have that Ralph Asalafusha wouldn't ever got past number one. Anyway. Oh, good story, Brian. Yeah. By the way, the Cajuns came over. Dub over Nick, year one. Yeah. yeah. SEC West Division Championship, year one. Yeah. SEC Championship game playing in it, year one. You might be. You uh, might, from, from, wait, from walking into a team that had 38 scholarship players. Yeah. You might be missing the fact that I am making fun of him as a Southerner, not making fun of him know. as a coach. I don't know. And let's make sure we get that oh, qualified. orange and blue flowing okay. through there like you and Hacker, same thing. Yeah, you know? we might have to put a folder together of how you keep trying to put me in one pile and I don't belong in that pile. Okay? Mm-hmm. There's one file cabinet over mm-hmm. here. You can put that over there. Because I just I, talked to him this morning, you know. Yeah. And well, believe me, we are two different individuals with two different thoughts. <laughs> and Brian Kelly coming to LSU, for my money, was a money move. Okay, and I said it then, and I'll continue to say it. BK and Jimbo. Don't put me in that pile. BK and Jimbo on the first day of SEC Media Days. Who's going to have more questions to answer? Oh, yeah. Jimbo with with yeah. the hiring of Petrino? God, and what a the, potential train wreck that the is. The highest regarded, rated signing class to not make a bowl ever. That is some crappy coaching down there. He's got a good College quarterback Station. now, though. Yeah. That kid's good. Well, kind of Wigman. And He's a good player. They had guys, a lot of them coming in, and then a handful of them walking out, too, a year later. My personal Less favorite storyline looking at this schedule, uh, which most of you nooners, I mean, you know, you'll be watching on the SEC network, but it's a long way down the road in July. But I do love, Matt, that they love the schedulers that be to put the University of Florida on the third day of SEC Media Days up against the program. Well, both programs, really, Alabama and Kentucky. Yeah, that's true. Both programs. We're chasing both. Let's make sure we recognize who's And who. we are referring to both the University of Alabama and Kentucky, who will both speak on the same day yeah, as the Florida uh, Gators. By the way, I spoke with Devin Leary yesterday, the new Kentucky quarterback. This yeah. morning I'm writing. I'll get him on the show later, mm-hmm. later later in the month or, or in March. So, yeah, he's uh, he's fired up, man. Liam Cohen's back. Kentucky's got big, big plans this year. My well, question, though, is that Kentucky, offensive line. Big Kentucky's plans getting ready to, to go, do what? To go four of six against Florida. That, that's okay. What. Yeah, and to win their, that's about as big the as they win their eight games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how is plan. Kentucky's offensive line going to look, uh, Matt, since you also said on yesterday's program, and I, I tend to believe with you, that Will Levis's regression was a byproduct of an offensive line that struggled? Wait, let me answer let me answer, real quick. They're, they're going to win their eight games, so how many games are you going to win? Uh, it doesn't matter. I'm just talking about the program. I mean, uh, it doesn't again, we, always we, have to be comparing Florida. Oh yeah, it does. No, it oh doesn't. yeah, it does. Like it's just a joke that Kentucky yeah. is we got considered sure we, we, some top of the line program. Yeah. Meanwhile, they haven't won yeah. jack. Yeah, they, and they never will. Listen, I love when Mark Stoops They've won ten games in the last twice I'm in the last five about years. You, get get to one SEC. When's title the last game? time you guys exactly. won ten games? By yeah. the way. It's always there. I'm not, I, listen, I'm not in this conversation. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're, you're collateral damage right now. I'm going to him. When was the last time your program won 10 games? In a, in a much easier conference, by the way. 
It is I, an easier I, conference. I, 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 Miami has literally nothing to do with it. We haven't. We haven't, bro. I'm just saying. All right, so then pipe down. No, we went 10 games once with with Mark Ricks. Thank you very much. What was that, 20? It doesn't matter. You As you say, we haven't won one. 17. You won one. About six years ago. Yeah. All right. Unstoppable. Right. At that yeah, that's point. right. We on the roll, baby. Yeah. Yeah. God, that game against Notre Dame at home. I really, <laughs> was the I really the thought we were back, dude. I really <laughs> in thought November, we were back. In November, Miami was undefeated and ranked top. <laughs> yeah. In the playoff so, yeah. Wait a minute. How did we get to Miami? We were just talking about Florida Kentucky. doesn't want to face the Y'all stay on the program. Stay on the program. All right? They're not nothing. That's kind of my point. Mark Stoops. They're not nothing. It's a really good program. Yeah, they're really all right. Eight wins is really all right. They're really great. Mediocre, yeah, not mediocre. The greatest Sorry. mediocre. The greatest mediocre. Oh, I like that. You want, no, no, yeah. you want to know what I was going to say? I mean, they lost say. to the worst Iowa offense well, in the last century. Oh, no, that's what I was just going to so, say. Yeah. Now he's pulled, pulled them all in. I was going to say. It was that Will Levis. I, I was going to say about they're that. the Iowa of the SEC, right down to the fact that Mark Stoops attended the University they, of they Iowa. They are the Iowa. They the are going to go no seven, doubt. eight wins, nine wins. 100%. Every year. And Mark Stoops gets out of the barber's chair. He spit shines his cowboy boots and pours him a glass of bourbon and says, life is good. Yeah. Life is good. Well, he he opens his, ba- his chase part. app on his bank and he goes, yeah, yeah I'm good. Yeah, he's perfect. He goes, and he I don't doesn't have to have do to anything yeah. here. He doesn't have to be winning 10, 12 games nope. every year. If he wins it every four years, it's great. They yeah. throw a party. Or never. Because, he is a good because coach. Cal is the focal point mm-hmm. in Lexington. Yeah, yeah. He is it's a great good gig. Coach. Yeah, that's it. And, and it's unfortunate that Maybe Cal's stealing his playbook because he's turning that program into that program. <laughs> They're kind of coming back to the pack. A little middle-of-the-pack action for the Wildcats these days. Hey, uh, number one Alabama also got taken down on the hardwood last yeah, night by a yeah. Tennessee team that had lost three straight, including and, to the hands of the Florida Gators. Yeah, and Tennessee had been – in Georgia. Okay, Tennessee had been had been dinged here of late, and that's the beautiful thing about it. Now, there was a while where there were a ton of number two-ranked teams that were getting upset, but then the tide rolling – and, you know, I guess you can expect it. First it's SEC loss. First SEC yeah. loss. I mean, and I, I think it is a good conference. Yeah. And that's what's impressive because, let's be real, Eric <laughs> Musselman has proven that uh, death taxes, he's going to find a way to make the Elite Eight back-to-back years. I think he'll do it again this year because that team showed me in Maui what they can be despite being one of the youngest teams in the country. So I don't think they're out of it either. Um, who I do think is out of it is, sorry, Florida Gator fans, um, no more Colin Castleton. There goes your whole offense. Yeah, no, 32% percent from beyond the arc. These three-point shooting, you know, savants, They're, I was told, were plucked out of the portal. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see it in the next yeah. three weeks. There is nothing beyond Maybe they'll Colin get hot. Castle. You never know. And, and, and look, for this year, it's just a shame because this guy was having a good run into March and was putting himself in a position to at least be looked at. We're by no means saying that he's an NBA prospect. Of, of any kind, but a good college basketball player. And as rare as it is to stick around and play multiple years at one university, he would have kind of, you know, a, a little bit of a, a Gainesville legend to him. And it just sucks for him. Now, he's gone through a couple of other injuries last year. Remember the significant uh, shoulder injury that he had? He was able to play through that and come back. But it's just not a good basketball team right right, right now. By the way, Bourbon Mafia was listening, uh, the original NFG. I was worried that he might be, but – but 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 look, that's just that's just the way it is there. And I love I love how good they got it up there for the program. You should love how good they have it up there because I got it better than you right now. Yeah, yeah I, I and I NFG wanna, knows what he's talking about. I want to so go up, listen to him a little more. I want to go up to Churchill Downs with Mark Stoops and and, and and drink amongst the boys. That's what I want. That would change get, you too. That would yeah. totally change. Yeah, that would be fun. That would be. Would awesome. the people of Kentucky even know who Mark Stoops is? Yes, yes, they would. But it would, it, you know, <laughs> no, joke? no, he would show up with Bob, and they would know Big Bob before <laughs> yeah, they knew Mark. Yeah. I think they, they like him. 
and and they're happy. I'm joking. It's an off season type of deal. But they've they've played for more of late. They just haven't been able to knock down anything. To your point, they added like three linemen from the portal. Yes, that's what I was wondering. They'll they'll protect him better, Mm -hmm. and it's it's important because he's by the way, and he's way ahead of schedule right now with his torn pec. The, the he his pack the doctor told him you'll you'll be interested in this Leon he said it was a lot like a defensive tackle like you know defensive tackles get the torn packs and offensive tackles because they'll reach and then it just gets hit and snap their arm just gets hit and boom it pops and so his throw he was throwing and it's a lot like what uh, Purdy mm-hmm. but with the owner but, but as opposed it was, to the it was elbow his, it was it was the, the pack yeah. yeah he threw and he got hit stopped immediately by a D lineman a Florida State D lineman and it just snapped. Mm-hmm. But he's way ahead of schedule right now. Yeah, that is good news. Yeah, that is good news. Uh, on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, I don't think this uh, uh, is, is something that we will all be alive for. But Gators will win a Natty before Kentucky wins an SEC. Will we all be alive uh, with either one of those in football? Yeah, that's such a fact. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I, I mean, couldn't agree with any text more, sir. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it, it, honestly. It, it, like you, you, you could see a text like there. that before, and you're like, "Well, well, hell yeah, okay." What's your point? And now, a uh, little, little doubt from both sides. You're gonna I upgrade from Graham Mertz at some point? Yeah, I was gonna say a little doubt on both sides because Kentucky doesn't know whether they're ever gonna win an SEC. No, they well, probably Florida they really probably doesn't win. know. I know like, we I, really don't know right now, but like, what quarterback <laughs> battles, Matt? Do you see like Florida? Hold possibly? on, Matt just admitted that they'll never win an SEC title under his breath. <laughs> doesn't mean the oh kid. I, it God. wasn't under my never breath. Ever. I said they'll probably okay. never win an SEC okay. title. I want to get that out there. Sorry, Mia. Uh, probably never. Doesn't mean they're not the program. Yeah, what quarterback not. battles do you foresee this spring? That maybe Billy Napier and company need to be mining and paying mind to so as they can't, potential. So you have to remember this: they can't use any from anyone from the SEC because the SEC has that rule where you can't leave in the spring portal, Post, which begins yeah. May one yeah. through May fifteen. Now all that means is May one through May fifteen, you can get in the portal. Anytime after that, you can still look for a school, but you have to be in the portal announced from May one to May fifteen. Yeah. So the SEC made the rule that you cannot move from the spring portal to playing immediately in twenty twenty three. So that what they're trying to do there is they're trying to eliminate this crazy turnover that's happening. Yeah, which has um, happened. Which has happened. Now, I will say this. If one of these guys really wanted to push that and go to the NCAA and appeal it, they probably could. Uh, I was going to say, probably, any and, rule that we currently and, have right. can be contested it's and overturned. All, they're all yeah. on the board. They're all on the table. Everything yeah. is. Because the NCAA right now is so pro-players, it's ridiculous. So they'll right. do anything to make it good for them so they can delay the inevitable of pay-for-play. Yeah. So – so that's that's in theory you're not going to get somebody like a Garrett Nussmeyer if he loses that job that Jaden Daniels and decides I'm out to go you know, from Baton Rouge to Gainesville. Yeah, Unlikely. probably not going to get him. You're probably not going to get one of those Georgia guys at least to play immediately. So my guess would be I would look really closely at the Ohio State job right now because you've got Tom McCord who's probably going to win it, and you've got Devin Brown who was a top fifty recruit two years ago who's competing with him. Um, a really quiet thing that was done about three weeks ago is, is Ryan Day added Tristan Gebbia from Oregon State, who you probably saw playing that Vegas Bowl if you mm-hmm. lasted the entire game. He came in late. Well, remember, uh, they fifth came year back. senior, guy that's been there forever, and just a guy that's been around, okay? Right. He, so, was he in the comeback against Oregon, too? I was trying to. No, no, no. no. So, so he moved, they moved him to uh, Ohio State, got him, picked him up. And, you know, that's kind of an insurance, like just in case Devin Brown says, mm-hmm. I'm out if I don't win. Mm-hmm. So, that could happen. It could be Devin Brown, who's a, who's a really talented guy. That could be a guy you could get. Um, other than that, it's it's going to be somebody where you're like, oh, all right, okay. 
I'm not sure how much better you're going to get is what I'm saying with, than what you have right now. Like when you missed out on Sam Harvey, you're when you missed out on not, Devin Leary, when you missed out on these guys that were the elite guys right. there, that's you're the not, problem. If you're saying you're not sure how much better you can be with Graham Mertz right now as right. your baseline, right. that is scary. Well, I mean, here's another thing, too, and I, I've been scary. saying this, too. Jack Miller never got a fair shot. He got thrown into a really bad situation that game. They had a ton of opt-outs. They didn't really want to be there. They didn't care, and they got crushed, and he, they couldn't protect him. Yeah. So, I mean, that guy's playing on the offensive line, never played all year. Right. So uh, it, was, it was a I, terrible situation. So he, he might be a guy that I think could actually beat out Graham Mertz. But, mm-hmm. but we'll see. It's, I mean, the spring's going to be – it'll be very interesting to see how it plays the out. The Jack Miller story is only just beginning. I don't know about that, but yeah. all I'm saying is if you're hanging your hat on Graham Mertz, you've got problems, okay? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely think most people would agree with that. That's for sure. All right. You're looking uh, at six and six again. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's get back. It was funny. Uh Let's get back to some of the free agent talk that we were talking about before uh, with Juwan Taylor and some of the decisions that this team's going to need to make. Um, and we can definitely fit in college football anytime. You want to hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosure, 641-1010. You can definitely jump in on that. But, you know, as a matter of fact, DeFresh out of McClendon says, Graham Merch will beat Kentucky. Book it. And so, awesome. listen, you got to believe, okay? On the road, team, no less. I don't, I don't care what team you root for. you got to believe, all right? And so anything is possible, especially – right now uh, and not uh, when those two teams face off. But back to the Jags and the whole idea, uh, you know, the thing that we have to really get acquainted with is the salary cap. Ever heard of it? Uh, you got to make sure that what, what we're talking about is going to get you under the cap, do it responsibly, not send you down a, a financial kind of, you know, toilet bowl where you can't get out of it, where you can make sure that you spend responsibly. And so there's been a lot of reaction on the text line you know, left tackle money versus right tackle money, Leon, I'm looking at you, and it's, it's fair or unfair. It just ain't the same. Now, there are more right tackles that are probably getting a little more recognized of late and getting a little more cash in their pocket because you've got rush-ins that are coming off of both sides now. But still, it's it, priority is going to be on that left side. Uh, well, it, it's always been that way. The priority is going to be on the left side because naturally – well, not naturally, but the left tackle is supposed to be the more athletic, uh, the more suited – guy to get paid because of all the most of the quarterbacks in the NFL are right-handed. So mm-hmm. you want your best athlete uh, on the left side to protect your quarterback. And the right tackle essentially is looked at as as the bully. He, If you, you've got any established run game, you, you want a right tackle who's physical and can get after it. Uh, you, you usually set your tempo or your game to your right side with your tight ends and, and your running game and all that kind of stuff. But he's still got to be effective enough to move his feet and block for the quarterback, but it is not as strenuous on him because if he get beat, if he gets beat, the quarterback can see it, and then the quarterback can move and adjust and all that kind of stuff. As if the left tackle, if he gets beat, the quarterback gets hit on the blind side. Yeah. He can fumble and all that kind of stuff. So, so I mean, but but now um, right tackles are just as essential uh, because it's a passing league and it's a quarterback-driven league, and quarterback, whether it's blind side or front side, he can still get hurt. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're paying right tackles kind of like elite money because you want two solid booking guys to protect your quarterback, especially with, a, with, with it being a quarterback-driven league and a pass-heavy league. You want to have two stables at, at, at the tackle position. And one of the big discussions that we've had, Jawan Taylor, whether he's worth it or not, it's going to be paid a bunch of money. If he does get it, he gets tagged. It's the average of the top five. It doesn't matter what side you play mm-hmm. on. If he gets the contract – we're already throwing out big money. But is it just because he's in a contract year that he played better? Or there are other reasons that we can get into that made him look better and made this well, offense look better? Well, I, I think also 
he was probably coached better. You you you, you got to remember that. Yes. You got to remember that. I mean, he outside of his rookie year, his last two years, his two years after that were terrible. I mean, he was way below average as far as penalties and offsides and, and holding and all that kind of stuff. And this year you get a new offensive line coach with a new staff and – he plays better. Yeah. So, I mean, so you might have to throw that in that maybe the coaching staff or Doug's coaching staff actually helped push Jawan Taylor to, to a status Plus, to where you, he's making money. When you start money. to win, it changes, Yeah, that, right? that too. Yeah. Your attitude, your, your preparation, yes, everything, yes, right? Yes, Whether yes. people want to admit it or not, it does, right? It does. It does. Right. You, you, you're putting a little bit more effort into your game when you win the game. But there was a particular point where this team went on the five-game slide. And, you know, he was, he was still solid. So you know, got to tip your hat. Quarterbacks to him a bit. making better decisions too. Right, the quarterback. Are sacks a quarterback stat? That's the million dollar question. Mm-hmm. Um, and I referenced it with regards to the Super Bowl on Sunday because I, as much as yes, the Chiefs kept Patrick Mahomes clean. I mean, a lot of that was him moving around in the pocket, and it's the same navigating around the pocket we see Trevor Lawrence do, and that's a large reason why, although not the sole reason why, because I do think coaching, and I do think you saw the growth of players from year one to year two. Yeah. And, and more, Etienne. Shouldn't right, forget and that. also that, yeah, and and but at times the pass protection was questionable from both yeah, him and Jamichael. Just Hayes. like as a whole, a productive offense. Right, right, exa- exactly, yeah. and they and listen, a, a an offensive line that for the most part, Leon, I think we could say run blocking, they were engaged in run blocking. I actually think even beyond the change in the staff, I think bringing in Brandon Scherf, a guy who you know is the run blocker. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think if anything, that kind of you know it was contagious along yeah. that offensive line. It got them more engaged. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, bringing in Sheriff probably elevated Juwan Taylor's play as well. If you're all pro and you're playing next to a guy, and he's not playing up to it, is is it's encompassed upon you as an all pro to let the guy next to you know, listen, you got to play at my level or better, and we're gonna get get this thing rolling. So yeah, absolutely. Sheriff coming in, being an all pro right right beside Juwan Taylor may have elevated his game as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no there's no doubt. It's the combination of all these good things, uh, good scheme, good coaching, developing the quarterback. And Trevor gets the ball out a heck of a lot faster in, in, in the world we're in now than the world we were in a year ago. Right. And that's a, that is a massive uptick for everything. Just like Patrick Mahomes is getting the yeah. ball out quicker, and a lot of that is because of the receivers he has. He can't really wait for yeah. Tyreek Hill to get downfield yeah. because there is no Tyreek Hill on was, that roster. And so, therefore, instead they're looking for some more easier – Short routes. It was some imp- imp- improvisational work being done last year for Cheetah to break free and all that kind of stuff. And then they figured it out. Okay, I don't have that deep threat. I got a lot of short passing options. And the other thing is, is two years ago when they got when he got beaten up by that Bucks front, he ultimately went into that offseason, and I'm just guaranteeing this. He said, I better have some protection. And Andy Reese said, I better get you some protection, uh, which goes to the same old theory. They retooled that offensive line. Two years later, they're back in the game and they win it. Here are, if you're curious out there, folks, uh, here are some of the top salaries per year in the National Football League for the right tackle position. Ryan Ramchick of the Saints, $19.2 million this upcoming season. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Ryan O'Neal of the Vikings, 18.5. Lane Johnson, perennial pro bowler, Leon, yeah. $18 million. Mm-hmm. Braden Smith of the Colts, 17.5. Taylor Moton of the Panthers, 17 mil. And then Jack Conklin, a guy who obviously Jaguar fans mm-hmm. familiar with from, yeah, from his time right. in Tennessee, 15 million with the Browns. For what it's worth, our good friend John Shipley of Sports Illustrated just revealed his predictions of where the Jaguars' pending free agents will go. And he has Juwan Taylor signing a three year, 45 million deal, 35 guaranteed with the Raiders. Mm. Yeah. 
Well, if he yeah, can get yeah, the free he, agency, if he can get the free agency, he will, he, someone's going to pick him up. Someone that would suggest something around the ballpark of sixteen or seventeen. Sixteen, mil seventeen per year. million. Yeah, I was thinking something like that as well. Three years, forty-five. Yeah, about thirty, thirty-five million to sign. Yeah, that's a good deal. I mean, especially. I mean, you want you would rather want that deal than the one-year tag. I mean, the one-year tag is eighteen million. Most of these guys want long-term deals, but if you're going to part ways with them, then you know Walker Little is going to be your right tackle. Right. And at the very least, okay, we don't know whether how it's going to shake out, but at the very least, they made a good sound draft pick that will protect against mm-hmm. a big hole. They haven't done it in the tight end room. They don't have a guy stepping in if they don't keep a free agent, but they don't have a big hole at the right tackle spot or the left tackle spot if they were to move Cam and keep Juwan. You know, whatever combination, they have the possibility of two of three pieces being here mm-hmm. and being good. Yeah. That, that, that's massive. And you, you wouldn't have to draft another tackle anyway. Mm-hmm. I, yes. I, you're gonna have to draft a tackle maybe in the third or fourth round or something like that. Yeah, but just for now, backup, you know, yeah, because you're gonna have to, you're gonna need the guy to swing. Yeah, and depth last... can develop. That's yeah. the other thing too. Is I think you know we talk so much about Trent Bulky wanting to retain draft picks. You got to develop draft picks too, and I think that that's something quietly mm-hmm. behind the scenes that we're not really seeing. Mm-hmm. We joked about it mm-hmm. last year, the fact that Doug Peterson knew Koi Kronk, the undrafted free agent out of Iowa's name. But now we saw Koi Kronk get elevated yeah, to the active him, roster and they brought how many him back. times, and now he's back on a futures contract. <laughs> yeah. That says to me, and I know this because I talked yeah. to Koi, like yeah. he's a guy they want to develop, and that is something regardless of if it's offensive line, if it's you know Tim Jones at the wide receiver Turn position, you're seeing them trying to develop players. Whether yeah. they pan out or not, the well, world, the world it, does not know yet, but perhaps they will. And you want them to – like Tyler Shatley's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Trey Hearn is the same thing, but you want these guys to be better. That's basically Right. It. It's not just about retaining. It's also about yeah. – developing. DeFrasia McClenney, we see you with the NFL Draft Talk. We'll try to get into some of that coming up in the 1 o'clock hour. We're also going to talk a little about Tiger. Mm-hmm. Tiger. Tiger Woods teeing off at 3 o'clock today at the Genesis Invitational. What are realistic expectations for him? How about realistic expectations for Calvin Ridley once he is reinstated, assuming he is reinstated in the 2023 season? That and a whole lot more coming up next on XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime. Brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Cranking it out on a Thursday, XL Primetime. Big Surce, Matty Hayes. Check out his stuff at SaturdayDownSouth.com. Me O'Brien, Josie, and JJ. We are enjoying a beautiful day, another gorgeous day. We're going to be on the road tomorrow. We're going to be over there at Famous Quick Lube on San Jose. They will have all sorts of cool specials. So drop on by. Big Mike will be cooking, and we would love to see all of you drop on by and say hello. You need service on your car? We're talking about family-owned and operated. Uh, The good folks over at Famous Quick Lube can take care of you. And uh, I always get scolded because there's Famous Automotives and there's Famous Quick Lubes. Mm -hmm. So, And I'm thinking you might might be set up for a little little work tomorrow is what I'm thinking. Well, yeah, my car needs service, uh, you know, so that – I'm sure they're going to take care of me. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. They guys. make everybody feel famous. Yeah, and famous. Yeah. It just so happens you are. No. <laughs> it just so happens. Right. It helps no. that you are. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know. That was a long time ago. All right. Now, I was mostly just upset because I wanted to get my car serviced yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. But no. then I knew I had a couple drive, a couple weekend trips. And so last week I knew I'm like, ah. I was Fly the, on into another Well, location. because I was, it was when I was driving down to the Springsteen concert. In Orlando, mm-hmm. that my check engine oil light came on literally at old St. Augustine Road. Yeah. And I'm like, I got Charleston this weekend. I got Orlando right now. I was like, I can't wait until we have back-to-back yeah. famous trips. So Springsteen, huh? 
Yeah, the two balls. weeks ago. Yeah, we not, uh, I guess we really didn't talk about it. Only Frangie was dominating my time yeah. asking about it since he was also there. But it was good. Okay. It was my first Favorite uh, song? What's your favorite song? Oh, man. Um, So favorite song that he performed or just favorite song? In uh, general? General. I mean, I'm like, I'm cliche. I like Born to Run. I like Thunder Road. Um, I actually like Deep Cuts. I like My Hometown because it was also written about my hometown. Mm-hmm. Uh, Waiting on a Sunny Day is another one, too. And I really like his new album. Jersey Girls and new old album's throwback. Good. Yeah, it's a good awesome. one, too. Um, but it was, I mean, he does like a five song encore and they turn the lights on and you're like, wait, are they going to like literally do another concert after they already did the one concert? feels like that, but it was a good time. So I hadn't seen him, Leon. He performed allegedly. I don't remember this because I would have been 10 months old. Allegedly, because we're from the same town, he performed at my town's bicentennial back in 1993. Mm-hmm. Wow. When I was 10 months old. Mm. Really? So that would have been the only other time I would have been in the relative vicinity. Where would he have performed? I think it was, I mean, I hopefully my mom's still listening, um, but uh, I think it was at like the town park from what, mem- <laughs> or, or it might have been at the racetrack. I wow. really don't know. I honestly think it's an urban myth that I had actually seen him before because I was like a toddler slash infant. Um, but yeah, so my first official concert though. So oh, nice. yeah. And you, what about your favorite song? Um, I think Dancing in the Dark. I think yeah, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, that's, yeah. And you so know, and you know who's in the music video for that? Oh, uh, the, what's the name from Friends? Yep. Courtney Cox. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know the name. Yeah. I think I don't watch. I don't watch <laughs> Friends. There's just so many good old school ones. Like I said. Badlands, Jersey Girl, all that. It's just uh, so, Dell so. wants to know if I was the youngest person at the concert. Uh, it did look like an AARP convention, yeah. Dell, um, yeah. because uh, I definitely was walking in and I was like, "Oh boy, uh, it can." It Here can, we are. There were a lot of children of yeah. some of those uh, older, well, older. Well, called, uh, should I be offended by the AARP call? No, I got a little bit. I got mine. But you go to those places, this, this, it's, this it's blue hair and dentures, okay? And it's the white man over They're not that old. Yeah. We, had a, uh, we had a 70-year-old woman come up to us and say how nice it was to see young people appreciating Springsteen. Yeah. And my good friend, uh, shout out to John Alba, one of my childhood buddies who I went with, he uh, informed her that this is the closest thing he has to religion. And I think that may have scared her a little bit. Yeah. Um, but and that's she okay. prayed for him. Yeah, yeah. and then she prayed know. for him. So it's all yeah. good. Uh, all right, now mm. let's let's just get into legendary status since we're talking about that a mm-hmm. legend. Um, and you know the comparisons inevitably when the Super Bowl was going on that Pat Mahomes is he the next goat? Is he the guy that's ready to take over the goat? Tom Brady walking off into the sunset. Mahomes wins his second, and everyone says just back off, okay, dial it down a touch. But Big Sirs, throw these numbers out there. Yeah, when it comes to Mahomes. Well, yeah, I, I had picked this up online, and uh, you know, poor Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he wins the Super Bowl, uh, second out of the third, and he's already getting the Tom Brady comparisons, which I think is ludicrous. Tom Brady went to ten Super Bowls and won seven of them. So, I mean, but it is fun to see, you know, that he is actually on the path to Bradyness. It's a word, Bradyness. So, you know, I. We can all agree in this room that Tom Brady is the GOAT. He is absolutely the GOAT. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. I, can't, the goat. I can't argue. I'd like to, but I can't. Yeah, well, he, he, he's the GOAT. So, I, it, we, we got the stats for the GOAT when he was 27 years old. Tom Brady, young Tom Brady with the New England Patriots. I mean, he, he had two rings, two Super Bowl rings, two Pro Bowls. He had two Super Bowl MVPs, 97 touchdowns, 13,919 yards passing. And he had 52 interceptions when he was 27 years old. And no league MVPs. No league MVPs. Okay. No league MVPs. Remember, those were three-point games, so a lot of field yeah. goals back mm-hmm. then. Yeah. So Patrick Mahomes at 27, which he is right now, he has two rings, two Super Bowl rings. He has five Pro Bowls, 
He has two Super Bowl MVPs, 192 touchdowns. Dang. Two NFL MVPs, 49 interceptions, one offensive player of the year, two-time first-team All-Pro, and 24,341 yards passing. Well, he could retire today and he'd be in the Hall of Fame. So he that we knows know. numbers at that age. He nearly has 100 more touchdowns than Tom Brady okay. and 10,000 yards more passing. I love what you said. Now, when you did this in, in a couple breaks ago, I thought, hmm, I'm going to look up his injuries. So these are all his injuries. You ready for this? Yes. Starting from the head. Concussion in 2014 when he was at Texas Tech. Now, these concussions are, you know, they build on each other. It's not like you won and then one goes away a couple years. They build. Mm-hmm. Concussion in 2021 with the Chiefs. Then you go to his hand. He had a wrist fracture in 2016. Then you go to his knee. He had a knee patella dislocation in 2019. Then you go down to his foot, four different injuries on his foot. Four. All in the league. In 2021, he had the turf toe. In 2022, he had a foot bruise. In 2023, he had a high ankle sprain in grade three. And then a month, la- a month later, they're calling it a separate one. Another high ankle sprain, grade three. So he's getting injured. He's, he's, yeah. The injuries are starting he's to collect. He's taking the tally. Yeah. yeah, he's tallying up so the injuries pretty he's, much. I think the difference between he and Brady, Tom, for some reason, however, just avoided the big injuries. Mm-hmm. Except for the one year. Mm-hmm. He avoided the dangerous injuries. I well, don't know. I don't know that. Mahomes can do that. He is so far, though. He's six yeah. years into the so, league. So far, he has. But he's. But these are like a. These are. Well, the the toe was gonna, a surgical. at some point going to start to build up yeah. on him. Yeah, and the toe was a surgical after the season. But uh, going back to the numbers, the mm-hmm. thing that is clearly different, and we're talking two decades now, how much the offense has changed in just two decades. We'll go back to those three Super Bowl wins. They were all field goal wins. It was a lot of defense. It was a lot of run. Right. Tom Brady, uh, I think they said, who was the last guy? Mahomes had less than 200 yards passing in this game. Mm-hmm. Okay? 186 mm-hmm. yards. Yeah. Had less than 200 yards passing. The last guy that uh, that was a Super Bowl winner with 200 yards pass, less than 200 yards passing, Tommy. Okay, that's how far back we're going with him. So they didn't rely. Even though Mahomes made plays this time, it was a different offense back then. So these numbers, like you're saying, okay, the only way you're going to beat the GOAT is if you play year 45. I don't think so. Not based on these well, numbers. Well, his num- well, but but Brady's you can play numbers. Until you're 37. Brady's numbers started to drastically increase. Yes, like around yes. the seventh, eighth, ninth year. Remember, mm-hmm. I said that he had more passing yards after age whatever it was yeah. than Dan Marino had yeah. his uh, uh, passing touchdowns. Yeah. Dan Marino had when his they started score. going four and five wide. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it was from 38 years of age on. It's just nuts what he was able to do. But I'm just thinking those numbers that Leon's throwing out, it is possible now. And to to me, his point, he hasn't had that. Now, the knee dislocation certainly was not a, a, a fun injury, but he hasn't had that you're going to miss 8, 10, 12 season, season game injury. And and because they protect the quarterback well, so well <clears throat> right now with the rules, he might be able to do it. Yeah. I mean, well, when Brady played, Brady knew how to take a sack. And Brady, if he felt the pressure, he was going to lay it down. He wasn't going to scramble and try right. to make a play with his legs. But Patrick Mahomes is completely different. Right. He feels the pressure. He's going in and out the pocket. He's scrambling. He's He's running for first downs. He's, he's more running. reckless. Yeah, he's a little bit more reckless. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but he still he's, he's, he makes people like he he's an he's running awkwardly, yet he makes all sorts of people miss. He really is oh, good at it, and it looks like it looks like he had bad Chipotle, and he's running to the rest area uh, bathroom. Honestly, got that's that what it looks hip like. Thing, Joe. Come and, on. and he just that's seems me. to make people miss. It's crazy how good he is he that does. way. That's yeah. me taking the prunes last night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, we've all been there when you had to run to the rest area bathroom because you ate something bad off the interstate. We've all been there. He literally has a hip thing. That's why he walks yeah. like that. Yeah, he it's does like act a, like he's like, really got to go. I know, but it's like it's like genetic. Yeah. He has like a hip, hip problem. Yeah, he could be one of those Olympic walk runners when it's all said and done. Uh, let's stay on the Super Bowl because Leon has a story for us that uh, he didn't get to share. Or rather, I should say, he got a follow-up to last night oh, yeah. at the cigar bar. Yeah, well, you know, last night I go to the cigar bar, I'm, you know, and um, you like I run cigars? into, yeah, oh, I love them, I really <laughs> love them. So I go, I go, I go to the cigar bar last night, and um, my cigar buddy was actually in the Super Bowl. He's a referee, mm-hmm. so I saw him at the coin toss, and I said, you know, I said, hey, that's my dude right there, right? So last night I run into him, and um, I dap him up, congratulations, Super Bowl, and all that kind of stuff, and uh, I told him I saw him, and I said, hey, man, listen, I got to ask you a question. That la- that call. That call that, that was made, the tugging call, whatever he said. He said, "Leon, listen, it was a penalty." He said, I, "Yeah, I, I can't, I can't argue that it was a penalty." But he said, "At that pivotal point in the game, I don't make that call." That's what he said, and I said, "Okay, all right." Very subjective yeah. comment. Right, what he said, you know. And, and look, I've I've always been against the idea that uh, in that moment it's bigger than the other moments of the game. You you don't throw. No way. Foul, and I'm not to the letter of the law. But just the game is the game, and you got to call it the same way. If it, and I'm only guessing that your guy may have said well, uh, I, earlier in the game he still might not have done it. He just let those right, well, two guys well, play. Well, you, you said you have to call it the same way, but that's the problem is they weren't calling. They let them get away with stuff the entire Some game. Of that's there, yes, because there's usually a template. Yeah. The, the, the refs usually let you play at the start of the game. There's a template on how, how they're going to call you. And sometimes refs, they'll walk by and say, hey, listen, I'm going to call that now. You right, need to quit, right. quit tugging right. and pulling Every sport, it. not yeah, just the absolutely. NFL. It's yeah. the NBA. So, it's everything. And I'm just guessing here, but it could have reached a point where they're like, okay, you've done it too many times. Flag's coming out. I mean, it's just – and we are talking That's about right. the difference in a a major difference in a call in a ball game, and it still doesn't mean Chiefs would have lost that game. Let's, right. let's make that very clear. But it also comes – just would have given the clock back to, to It Philly. also comes down to, for me, you know, the template aside, and J.J. and I were talking about this before we started the show today, any sport, basketball, Soccer, final two minutes of a game. You really want to get ticky-tacky? You really no. want to call a call now? I understand it. I Especially understand if it. you haven't been calling it all game. But but why is, and that was the bigger question, why is there this unspoken rule of, well, when the game's on the line in a tie ball game with under two minutes to go, that's when you kind of say gloves are off, you know, yeah, let, I, let them play. I've always been against it. I'm like a foul's a foul's a foul. Uh, Not if, me, if, man. If you, if you hatch a guy, if you hatch a guy that's going to the to the rack, if you hatch a guy that's going to the rack, right, you got to call a foul, right. If you if it is a strike down the middle of the plate, you don't call it a ball. Because okay? I know even the UNF game LeBron, that I called yeah, last this week. This is LeBron right here. The UNF, the oh UNF game I did sidelines for last <laughs> yeah. uh, Thursday when they played uh, when they played Whatchamacallit? What's his face? Um, Pat Chambers. Yeah. Florida Jordan Gulf didn't Coast. go down the yeah. lane knowing he was going to get an elbow from Mahomes. Right. Uh, yeah, of course he did. It's come on. It's of course he did. Right. And you know what? Different. Guess what? Still made the shot. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. so Florida or and one. No. UNF had ten seconds left on the clock to right run a play. Mm-hmm. Down one, and uh, Jose, point mm-hmm. guard, yeah. drives it to the rack. Jose, questionable foul. Yeah. Doesn't get called. Carter Hendrickson rebounds. He tries to put it up. Potential foul. No mm-hmm. call. Right. Then D- Dorian James comes flying in. He tries to put it up. Can't get it to fall. Potential foul. 
And when the refs were asked afterwards, they said, well, it's the final 10 seconds. You kind of got to let them play unless it's a flagrant foul. It's just unreal. Who wants it, man? Who wants it? Yeah, I I don't want referees ruling every moment of my game. I don't mean like blatant fouls. I mean like if it's like a ticky tag, play through it, man. I'll give you another example, and this is the absolute opposite of what we're talking about here because it's the home team, and it would drive you crazy if it happened. But Tom Brady was a master at drawing a P.I. flag with deep balls, and, and he baited A.J. Boye in that 2017 game. Baited him. And Brandon Cooks went right down the sideline. And are you not supposed to throw that flag? Well, I would have I would have liked to have seen them not throw the flag then, but Tom Brady may get the call. Maybe somebody else doesn't, but it's still up for the referee to decide if that was P.I. or not. And he, the quarterback, knows exactly what he's doing to draw that flag. You got Pat Mahomes, as soon as he saw it, that ball was going to be thrown, overthrown, so it looked like the receiver was held up and everything perfectly. So that flag was going to come out of that ref's pocket. I mean, you got to have some rules at the end of these games. Otherwise, just go ahead and let them beat the hell out of one another. I'd be fine with that, too, if they announced If he's literally, like, dragging him down, then, yeah, okay, that's a foul. But, I mean, if you're the final two minutes of the game – and you got a guy tugging on somebody's jersey. So let's just say, let's just say the Jaguars are are now instead of ten minutes from the Super Bowl, they're two minutes from the Super Bowl, and and they get held and no one throws the flag. Yeah, well, you can use just, the Miles Jack wasn't down thing. Yeah, you can I, use I, that that's too. what I'm saying. Instead of ten minutes, it's two minutes. Right. Okay. And the Jags are two minutes from their first ever Super Bowl, and the official watches a guy drag a receiver to the ground like you're describing, and they don't throw the flag. Well, that's you don't a think people would be crazy. That's a problem. If you're yeah. dragging a guy yeah. to the ground, let's that's go a to problem. the let's go to the New Orleans Saints game. Uh, when there also was an a problem. absolute but you're 100% talking about, P.I. You're talking about blatant stuff. Yeah, and they didn't what happened play. in that Super Bowl was not blatant. Yeah, that, that I agree with. That I know. Okay, but in the AFC title game, when on that last play before yeah, uh, they let him play. Pat got shoved out of bounds and they threw the flag, Matt was complaining yeah, about the play. non-holding call. <laughs> they let him play. On that play, <laughs> which they let him play. That, yeah. that was a hold. Oh, <laughs> Twice. I see. They it just let him play. Leon, was it a hold? <laughs> on the line? On the line? Yes. Right. Yeah, but they just let him play. Dude, that was blatant. Was I bet your me? dude was... Hey, one was blatant on the outside, then the interior one was bad, too. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Just let him play. Yeah, just let him play. Just let him play. Because I guarantee well, that's fine. you... I'm fine with that. If you just, if everybody, you just want to let right. him play if no matter what, I'm fine some, with that, too. Like, I have a neon... I'm uh, talking about blatant stuff should be called. Mm-hmm. I have a neon light that's called Bare Knuckle Stout. If you have it, the last two minutes is nothing but bare knuckle stout and anything goes, I'd be all fine for that. You go from boxing to UFC in the last two minutes. But as a player, you're all right with that, right? With a minute and a half to go, and they say, look, we're just going to let you guys play, man. Yeah, let the players determine the end of the game. Mm -hmm. That's all. That's the only reason I have a problem with it is that I would have liked to have seen what Philly would have done because Kansas City in that position had had to kick a field goal, and I wanted to see if – if your guy hurts, could have taken him down. And right. Maybe you want to see that last 90 seconds. Absolutely. I totally right. get that. And, and I don't know whether they – look, this is what we can't ignore. The Chiefs had the ball four times in the second half. They scored four times, okay? They were, in most people's minds, unstoppable. They could have scored a touchdown if they wanted to. They didn't. They were trying to kill the clock after that. But Philadelphia – before that, had so many chances to make stops. And All right, we're going to stay in the National Football League ranks because before we send Leon off for the day, I want to get his realistic expectations for Calvin Ridley, mm-hmm. his first year in Jacksonville. Realistic expectations from all of us with regards to Tiger Woods, who again tees off at 3 o'clock today at the Genesis Invitational. Also going to say hello to Mark Wise coming up at 140 on a Thursday edition of XL Primetime.
Everybody's talking about a regenerative medicine now because people who have joint pain are getting real lasting relief without drugs or surgery. Leon Sursa here. QC Connect is the nation's leader in exciting treatment. They use concentrated healing agents from your own body to restore and repair damaged joint tissue. If you have an ongoing joint pain from arthritis or injury, you need to call QC Kinetics. Don't assume that steroids and surgery are the only option. Times have changed, and regenerative medicine can get you moving again without no downtime. Stop taking pain meds and discover this remarkable alternative that many pro athletes have been using for years. Thanks to QC Kinetics, this amazing treatment option is now available for folks like you and me who are sick and tired of joint pain. Don't put this off any longer. Spring is coming, and you want to enjoy all life has to offer. Call QC Kinetics now, 904-274-5522. Get a free consultation with local medical professionals. QC Kinetics, 904-274-5522, with locations in Mandarin and Ponte Vedra. Remotely. Visit LibertyTax.com or download the Liberty Tax mobile app to file your taxes remotely. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you've been injured, your insurance company may try to downplay your pain. I'm Holt Harrell, and making sure that you are compensated is what I do. Don't deal with insurance companies alone. Call me, 251-1111. Harrell & Harrell, offices Jacksonville. It can be dangerously easy to steal your identity during tax season because so much sensitive info is all together. Before we start the annual meeting of Sean's personal info, uh, has anyone seen Social Security number? Not me. Nuh-uh. Oh, no. He's been stolen. LifeLock by Norton makes it easy to help protect yourself. If you become a victim, we'll work to fix it. No one can monitor all transactions, but you can save up to 25% off your first year with promo code NEWS at LifeLock.com. Identity theft protection starts here. This 1010XL 92.5 FM hour is powered by Anajar and Levine Accident Deterrence. Call 1-800-747-3. That's 1-800-747-3733. Prime Time, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Happy day after Calvin Ridley Day. All of Duval. The Jaguars wide receiver, or at least on the books wide receiver, has officially applied for reinstatement as of yesterday, the first day he was eligible to do so. We probably won't anticipate hearing anything from the NFL offices until at least a little over a week from now, um, if not into early mid-March, but at the same time, uh, he said that he is overly excited, overly anxious to get going here in Duval. Nobody has to give us confirmation, correct? He can just, when the time's right, obviously they'll let us know. Yep. But the NFL doesn't have to let anybody know, right? As far as I know. What, that, like that they're leaning to reinstating yeah. him? Yeah. Well, yeah. no, that they officially have. Oh, yeah, you know, I mean, th- there will be an announcement. Yeah, but like, There they, will be a formal announcement. Yeah, but I'm just trying to think of whether the team's going to do it because whether they You mean will. like could a league source know earlier? Yes, yes, that's what yeah. I want. I mean, I Would you like for me to start yes. dialing up? Okay, I yes. can do that. I can start. I, I can. I can be. A, I can be a blog boy. I'll start yeah. dialing yeah. up the phones. Well, no how, I mean, how does that work? I mean, is there a board? He has to be. He has to be voted in, or is a commissioner? He's. I mean, what 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 actually is entailed in him getting reinstated? You know, I could just imagine you do your formal reinstatement. You have certainly uh, paid your debt. You've sat mm-hmm. out for this length of time, mm-hmm. and you basically fill out your paperwork. Your agent does. I've I've uh, uh, I've completed every requirement. Uh, uh, I would like to impl- uh, apply for reinstatement, and they'll say, you know what, 
we'll just go ahead and put this through the system. Uh, you can expect to hear back in, I don't know, So there's no days. parole board. Yeah, seven days, oh, okay. 14 days. Right. That's, why I was, that's why I was looking for, J.J. Yeah, uh, good no behavior. Good behavior, all right. Yeah, because I mean, he has paid his debt. There's no doubt about it. Not uh, yet, not yet. I mean, once he's yeah. reinstated, he's got to make amends for us. Hmm. And, the, and I, do you not agree? Well, yeah. Catching balls, yeah. touchdowns. Yeah, no, no I mean, question. Because we we traded for him mm-hmm. under, underneath this situation. Yeah, and hopefully we get the, the good end of and this. and believed in it. Absolutely, yeah. and you can certainly sell that. You know, Balky's like not letting him off the hook yet. Yeah, I, I need some balls, catch some touchdowns, and they get That's him on the original contract, which is yeah. still a little pricey this year, but it's the original contract, and then they have to figure out whether or not they're gonna resign him long term so our boy john shipley did the heavy lifting for us the last player to be reinstated after being suspended for gambling was former defensive back josh shaw who was reinstated on march 20th which was roughly six weeks after the super bowl after he had applied for reinstatement so Mm -hmm. uh six weeks that was back in 2020 obviously that was also in the middle of a global pandemic Mm -hmm. um if you're looking at the timeline there so uh hopefully none of that this march we would like the other type of march madness not that type of march madness and hopefully it's a little bit sooner but a lower profile not as visible guy and so yeah i don't know i would think if you mentioned that date i don't know whether you could quickly find out March 20th yeah when when free agency began that year i would think it would be right it was at the same time it was right around the same time i mean it was after the world that closed down so it would have been like march 14th yeah because we were all like i i remember when it closed down the 12th of that year but i'm trying to remember exactly when free agency began because i think jaguars today was talking about the same thing would this team be told by the nfl if it's not public told by the nfl you need you need to allow for him to be in your plans or you need to make plans to uh, without him because they got to go into free agency knowing whether they need yeah, but they a also, wide receiver. They or not. said, I mean, in talking to Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke at the, you know, right after the Jaguars uh, season came to a close at the, I was going to say the beginning of January. No, 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 no. We end, we end in February, end of January in yeah. this town. Now um, talking to them at the end of January, the sense that I got both individuals suggested like we are very confident yeah. that this that he so. has been on good behavior and everything is squared away. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I fully anticipate it. So with that said, here are Calvin Ridley's numbers through his three and a half seasons actually playing in the National Football League. He has only played a full season once. That was his rookie season in which he played 16 games, 64 catches on 92 targets for 821 yards and 10 touchdowns. Not too shabby. In his second year in the league in 2019, 63 catches, 866 yards, seven touchdowns in just 13 games. In his 2020 season, 15 games, 1,374 yards on 90 catches on 143 targets, nine touchdowns. And then in only five games in the 2021 season, 31 catches on 52 targets for 281 yards and two touchdowns before injury. And then a mental health absence, obviously, ended the rest of his 2021 season. Matt Ryan was dealing back then, too, okay? And there were, uh, you know, a couple good targets, but he definitely was getting his share, and that's what they're hoping. You know, Trevor can just boom, 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 get that off. Because Trevor's dealing right now. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's what you – you know, because Matt Ryan was right there, maybe on the edge of, you know, just skills deteriorating. Uh, But in 21, I'm talking about. But in 20, oh, yeah, I could see – that was a big – that was a – a highly productive season for So my question is, what are realistic expectations, not only knowing that this man has not played football in almost two years, but also knowing you got Christian Kirk, you got Zay Jones, you're hoping you get Evan Ingram back, you have, at least right now, Jamal Agnew is under contract as well. So what are some realistic expectations? Catches, yards, touchdowns for Calvin Ridley. Well, you know, I 
I would look for him to have at least 60 balls, over 1,000 yards, and maybe seven touchdowns. I mean, I mean, I mean, he's he's a great route runner. He's got great hands. He's got good top end speed. That's going to fit right into our offense. And what I mean, you got, what, what you got to remember is that he's going to be taking a lot of those catches from those other guys. This last season, you had two guys, two eighties and a seventy. Mm-hmm. Okay, you had Kirk, Zay, both over eighty. Ingram over seventy, and so he's going to be taking some some catches from other guys. No, but as long as you win, you don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If but he's going to he, have to eat like Leon's yeah, talking about. He's going to have to eat. I, I, he's, he, if, 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 he's a, if he's anything like he was a couple of years ago. He's been gone for a year and a half, bro. Yeah, a year and a half. That's like dog lives, have, uh, almost 10 years. But no, I mean, but, but how much tread does that say there is on seven. the tires? When when you're you're yeah, he's, he's he saved his body a little bit. Right. And also, I agree with all that. But I mean, here's the question. You're a football player, so I'll ask you. He's a year and a half. How much has the game changed in a year and a half? And how much does your body change in a year and a half where the hits that you used to take a year and a half ago, they feel a little different now that you're a year and a half older? Well, I mean, he's going to have to get his body. He has to get acclimated to that. But, I mean, if he's a, if he's a baller, he's never going to stop training. Right. I mean, he's never going to stop training. But you, 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 you don't never get used. To, he's going to have to get used to the top-end speed because he hasn't gone up against anybody, the hand contact, the physicality. Coming across the middle, all that kind of and stuff, and the recovery, but, right? Yeah, the recovery is going to be a little bit. I mean, he's lost, uh, he's lost what a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, listen, he, he I think he, I think he'll be fine. The yeah. pads. Are I think, the only I think thing. initially he might have to deal with injury. Right. I'm just saying, I, I, don't, I think it might be too much to expect a thousand yard season from him, at least the first season out. Well, but the sixty grabs, I think, is reasonable. Yards per mm-hmm. catch are going to be huge because he's got to be able to get north and south with some of those instead of him being, you know, that. Eight nine yard grab needs to be an eighteen yard grab. You know here. I don't know that he's going to. I guess the way I'm looking at it is, I don't know that he's going to be the one. I think he might be your guy that can force safeties to stay honest. Yeah, because of his speed. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that he's going to be the one. I don't know that he's going to be the guy that it's third and seven. You need to play. Right. I don't know he's going more catches. Yeah. 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 And Kirk also obviously has the rapport with Trevor Mm -hmm. as of now. Again, the stats as of Ingram. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. And the stat, the final stats for the Jags for 2022: 84 catches. For 1,108 yards for Christian Kirk, 82 catches for 823 yards for Zay Jones, 73 catches for 766 yards for Evan Ingram, and then, and this is the reason I bring it up, 46 catches for 529 yards for Marvin Jones Jr. And so assuming that now you're bringing Calvin Ridley in to take that third wide receiver spot, albeit in a heightened role, the question then becomes, you know, now do you see a dip in production for Kirk and Zay Jones? Or do you just see more production across the board from all – all four of those. Well, guys. I, I think early on he's going to have to establish that trust with, with, with Trevor Lawrence because Trevor's go-to guys are the guys that are here right now. So Christian Kerr, early on in the season, he's got to be able to establish, hey, can I go to you on third and seven, third and five, third and three? Those kind of right. because those 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 are usually uh, the guys that that's it, usually your one. Yeah, that's usually the Kerr, where you go. Yeah, yeah, Ingram, your Zay yeah. Jones. So. I mean, he's going. He's going. In order to get the balls down, I'm thinking he's going to be able to get like 60 balls, a thousand yards. He's got to establish this a real early in the in the preseason, in the regular season that that Trevor can trust him. Yeah, yeah. Especially when it's crucial time when we need the first down or we need to pick up yards. And those deep balls against the Chiefs in his hands stay in his hands. Yeah, yeah. That'll be nice. That will be nice. Yeah. Will be nice. That's what you want. Mm. Big search you out the door. Yes, I am. Enjoy the rest of the afternoon. I will. All right, Leon. He heads out. We talk hoops. Mark Wise coming up next right here on XL Primetime. Now. 
Another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. He knows all things hoops when it comes to the game of basketball. Former, former analyst for the Gator Sports Network, now all over ESPN. His name is Mark Wise. He joins us on XL Primetime. Uh, how are you, Mark? I got to tell you guys, this was so predictable. You guys finally got out of football. You're coming on over to the basketball bandwagon. Don't worry. I got plenty of room for you. <laughs> Listen, we're sitting around going, what are we going to do now? Hey, we couldn't help it. That's just the way it goes. And listen, Mark, this football season lasted longer in a good way yeah. than most Jaguar seasons. No, know? no. It was very exciting <laughs> and uh, was excited to follow the Jags. So, um, good for the 904. Yeah, you better believe it. All right, let's hit some hoops, and we will definitely uh, look to gather up with you from time to time as we get closer to the tournament, and you help us uh, get smart when it comes to who's going to cut down the nets. But, uh, you know, deal with the sad news first. Uh, Florida Gators with Colin Castleton, uh, a broken hand, out for the season. That was tough to see. Yeah, I mean, um, wow, what bad timing. Not only was Castleton playing the best of his career, he was playing All-American good. And I think you're going to see his draft status move up. Uh, there's only one missing ingredient from his repertoire, uh, and that is being able to knock down threes. Um, so, um, you know, he's going to get a shot, no question about it. But what a sad way to end. So I feel bad for him, feel bad for the coaching staff, the players, and they just have to regroup. I mean, the bottom line is you've got – what, five more league games in an SEC tournament, and maybe they can win enough to keep maybe some NIT hopes alive. And um, for all those people that, that say the NIT doesn't mean anything, tell that to Kyle Lofton or tell that to um, um, uh, Will Richard. Um, you, you, you know, it has a purpose for everybody. Mark Wise joining us on the Fair and Farrah phone line. Mark, to that point about Will Richard and Kyle Lofton, I mean, the Gators are in eighth place right now in an SEC that, as we were talking about earlier in the program, I mean, it's probably as good as it's ever been, maybe not top to bottom, but at least at the top. And so my question is, how do they compete? How do they change their scheme over these remaining five league games and then into the SEC tournament to potentially have a shot without Colin Castleton? have to change their offense obviously because the offense runs through Castleton and so I, I would expect um, I wouldn't expect it to look very good on the road Saturday because you just don't have enough time. Um, they, sure they'll post up Jatobo but they can't run the same kind of stuff. They can't elbow post uh, Jatobo and expect them to try and create offense that way. I would expect them to shoot more threes um, and, and from that standpoint, I was looking this morning, I think um, last night's game, I saw the highlights. I, I didn't see much of it because mm -hmm. I had Kentucky and Mississippi State. Um, but I think they made 10 threes in the game. Is that right? Or more than 10? And that was the seventh time that they've done that this year. Guess what their record is in those seven games? Uh, that would be 7-0. and oh. Shocking. So Thanks. for these, you guys have heard me say this. For years and years, coaches, what you have to do to win tonight? Well, we got to defend and rebound. Defend? No, you don't. Stop it. Just stop it. You got to make shots. Always. It's all about the perimeter shooting. Mark, um, I want to go to Alabama and just Nate Oates. And how has he done it there? How has he now consistently put on the floor a team that's as dangerous as anybody, especially in the tournament, that can shoot? 
that can defend, that's long. Every year we go over this, it's the same team. This year they're even better. Um, how does a guy like that come from Buffalo? And before Buffalo, he was a high school coach. How does this even happen? Yeah. Well, it's interesting, uh, several points about that. One is uh, um, he, he tells the story that when he was, you know, he was a high school coach for 10, 11 years, and one year they lost in a district tournament like 38 to 36. And he made the decision right now, right then, that they would never play that way again. And so that's the genesis of how they now play under Nate Oates. I, I will tell you this. Um, remember what Alabama did in the NCAA tournament last year? Mm-hmm. What what they do last year? They got, the, they got to the eight, didn't they? They got beat in the first round. Oh, it was the year before they got to the eight. Right, 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 right. I'm just telling you that is an illustration of how hard it is to win in the NCAA tournament. He had a team last year he didn't like, and I I think they finished with 13, 14 losses. Um, so, um, the the difference is two things. One is he's got a lottery pick, maybe the top five, maybe the number one college player that will be chosen in the draft after the first two or three that come from the G League and then Big Victor overseas in uh, Brandon Miller. Fun to watch. He has a scheme um, that, that I think is a little bit ahead of the curve. I know it is in terms of this league this year, and I've said it this way. The defenses in this league this year are much better than the offenses. Whether you want to say that that's because the athletes in the SEC, the length of the SEC, or the lack of scheming on the offensive side, I think it's a little bit of everything. But six teams are in Ken Palm's top 20 defensive efficiency, only two on the offensive end. Oddly enough, the highest ranked one that has a like two days ago, was Missouri and not Alabama. <clears throat> so I, I think um, um, that standpoint, as I like to say, the, the lockdown defenders have been better than the knockdown shooters mm-hmm. in this conference. And so when you're ahead of the curve offensively, I, I think that's part of the mix. And I right. think that's part of the beauty of what Alabama is doing. Now, having said that, I'm looking at different headlines you know, around the country today, and and this was so predictable. Alabama, you know, lost last night at Tennessee, and now the 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 you know the the, the mantra is, you know, Alabama couldn't handle being ranked number one. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, you're on the road to somebody in the top ten, and and you're saying you can't handle the number one. I mean, they didn't make shots. Tennessee does a nice job of defending, but guess what? The balls did make shots. And so uh, from that standpoint, Alabama, I think, is built to go a long way in the NCAA tournament. Why do I say that? Because they're in Kim Palm's top 40 offensive and defensive efficiency. But more importantly, and I'll get into this as we get closer to the NCAA tournament, your defense needs to be good. But your offense needs to be better, and Alabama is built that way. Yeah, I mean, that that really is it—the ability to run the floor and score and play two different styles. We're talking with Mark Wise; he does the hoop game all over the family of networks on ESPN. So let's hit a couple of other ones. And and like you just mentioned, uh, you know, it's the first time in 20 years that Alabama had been ranked number one. But you know, Tennessee was had the lofty rank and then went through a couple of losses, so it was just yeah. expected that they were going to bounce back and, and send a message. Let's, uh, let's refresh everybody's memory about this one thing. What's the difference between being ranked sixth in the country and 16th? Mm-hmm. It's one possession. It's mm-hmm. one shot. 
What's the difference in being ranked 16th and 56th? It's one shot. It's one possession. So, you know, Marquette wins uh, and beats great Creighton game. in double overtime in a, in a great game last night. Uh, uh, so Xavier. He's Xavier, again, yeah. It's the beauty of our game. And so every fan, when I talk to fans about, do you understand our game has nev- never been played at a higher level? It's never been older because of the COVID redo. There's never been more parity. Every fan goes, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That that's right, but that shouldn't impact my team. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Okay, Kentucky fans are a great example of that. Absolutely. Let's flip it on over to the ACC. Mark Wise joining us on the Fair and Fair phone line. Uh, we won't get into the debacle that is Florida State or the even crazier debacle that is Louisville. Uh, I just want your assessment, Mark. Is Miami for real? Is Clemson for real? And what do we make of Duke and North Carolina? I, I don't know about Clemson because they may not even get the NCAA tournament. Their non-conference strength of schedule was miserable. Uh, they had a couple of questionable losses that's going to stain their resume. Um, uh, I think as of this morning when Lenardi put his out, I think Clemson's the last team in. I could be wrong on that, but they're they're right on the bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether or not they're for real, I'm, I mean, you're in the last four in – first four out, you're not making it to the final four. I get it. VCU did it once. Wichita State did it once. I get, I get all that, okay? Um, the other one that's interesting to me is Miami. Miami, uh, I, I think they have the guard play to make a run in the tournament. And what does make a run in the tournament mean? It means get to the second weekend. It yeah. doesn't necessarily Which Miami mean, did do last year, unlike Alabama. That's get correct. To the that is correct. And so they have the guard play to do it. I just don't know if they have enough beef down in that high rent district to get it done in the NCAA tournament where typically, you know, the game is a half-court grind. I'm so glad you said beef because it segues perfectly into Zach Eady. Now, a lot of people listening <laughs> don't know who Zach Eady is. He's a 7'4", 300-pound center at Purdue. Can, can Purdue ride him the whole way? I mean, clearly they lost to Northwestern. Was that last night or that fourth? Yeah. Uh, uh, last Sunday. Sunday. Last Sunday, Sunday. yeah, okay. Sunday. So, so that, that was, was it. the game. Right, an game. intriguing game. the game. It's hard to win on the road. Yeah, another one, right. Zach Eady is the player of the year. Uh, it, it's over. That race is over. Done. Forget it. Um, he, the, the award is his. However, Purdue's ability to get back to their first Final Four since 1980 will rest with those young freshman guards, and that's always a concern. But um, they're one of those teams like Alabama that's built the right way. Their, their defense is inside the top 40, Kim Palm, but their offense is better. I think they've got a shot. Hey, Mark, real quick, w- with Zach Eady, he is the prototypical yeah. guy of if you recruit a high school kid and you develop him, he becomes right. an elite guy. Is that now going by the wayside now because of the, of the portal? What is your what What does your gut tell you? It's I, going by the wayside. I think it's going by the wayside. Well, the thing is, Zach Eady didn't there, even play basketball until he was what fifteen, Mark. Right, right. I mean, he's a late bloomer. He's really the exception to to the rule. Player development has a new meaning in this day and age of college basketball, and and we could spend another hour talking about the portal and the NIL and and the consequences of that. 
but a player development as is no longer and will not be for the foreseeable future talking about how a guy has progressed over his career at school X. Player development is simply and strictly right now September to March of that year and that's it. Yeah. Hell, Castleton's one of those guys, yeah, Mark. So he's been a he's great, one of those guys that has, has developed yeah, over the years, yeah, right? Great story. Right, yeah. right. But guess what? He, I, I'm sure he flirted with the idea of transferring at some point in time during the coaching change. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I'm yeah. just sure that that happened. Yeah, especially but, when he, you know, he checked with the NBA, too. So, yeah. All, all sorts yeah, of, yeah. No, no question. Yeah. I'm sure he explored all options, and they should. I'm all for the portal. I'm all for it because we couldn't adjudicate – big word for a guy from Kentucky so let me just get that out of the way <laughs> but we couldn't we couldn't adjudicate the transfer waiver who got a waiver who didn't I mean it was a it was a disaster and the NCAA is about to get kicked in court again here soon they're they're back in court again um so from that standpoint um I'm all for the portal the what's messed up the portal when it when it happened is this COVID redo mm-hmm. in my view yep because now you could transfer, you could be at school A, transfer to school B, graduate, and play at school C in three straight years. Nice. Right. That's, not, that's not what the portal was designed for. But who approved the portal? The yeah. NCAA. Yeah. Exactly. Member institutions yeah. did. They let it happen. And the Question. member institutions yeah. as well. Real, real quick, Mark, before we say goodbye, um, I am the local uh, AP voter here in these uh, in these parts. So oh. I am curious. Right. Yes, thank you. I am curious. Uh, I had yeah. a lot of people asking me, you know, Alabama, Houston, Purdue, what's the pecking order? Yeah. People were mad yeah. at me. I had Kansas 3 because I'm not doubting Bill Self. I mean, like, I'm not going to bet against him. It's like Christian Bale in a Batman movie. Who are some other teams as we tra- – <laughs> As we, uh, as okay. we, as we okay, get, that's a yeah. new one. there you that's go. I stole I it from, uh, I stole it from fellow Ithaca bomber, John Rothstein. I can't claim credit <laughs> to that. Um, who are some other teams as we start looking towards the NCAA tournament towards the top of those rankings, the top of the elite of the elite that people should be keeping an eye on which teams. UCLA. Um, I think that the, the experience factor Hawkeyes coming back, uh, they've got the experience in the backcourt. They can win games in the 60s. They can win games in the 80s. Um, you know, Houston's going to be a tough out. There's there's no question about it. The, the the effort with which they play with, but they also are efficient on the offensive end. Uh, they're built the right way. When I keep talking about built the right way, meaning defense and offense are just as good. You just can't win with defense. That's my point. So, uh, I, as we get closer to the tournament, I want to tell you guys about and lady about um, um, what I, my research has shown me in terms of teams that you need to pay attention to and teams you don't. And we'll get into that as we get closer to the tournament. So I, to answer your question, UCLA is the first team that comes to mind. I think Arizona also comes to mind. I get the Pac-12 and the struggles that they've had. Um, but uh, those two – and Texas. Texas mm-hmm. is another team that I think is is really dangerous because I think their average age is 27 years old yep. with their lineup. So, uh, you know, it's an old – It's an. It, here's the – Marcus the Carr is the there. new Perry Ellis. No one can tell me otherwise. There you go. There you go. Um, I, I do think this. I think this NCAA tournament will be really unpredictable. I think the gap between a six seed and a ten seed will be 
an all-time low. Um, I, 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 if you're a one seed, you're going to win your first round game. Mm-hmm. Unless you're playing UMBC. But other than that, I just don't think there's going to be many given. Brother man, great conversation. Always good catching up. Uh, we will have our man, Mark Wise, as we do get closer to the NCAA tournament. Thanks, as always. Remember, remember, it's three-point shots, not touchdowns. Yeah, True. Yeah, yeah. Field goals actually <laughs> exist in the game of basketball. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, Mark. I <laughs> agree Thanks, with everybody. UCLA is my team to watch as yeah. well. I had Jaime well, Jaquez on my preseason yeah. All-American team. So. I think only of the backcourt hair. That yeah, UCLA. Also I, that. I love that dude. Must make it such a great coach. I man. love yeah, that dude. True, it's yeah. XL Prime Time. This is XL Prime Time, protected by preferred roofing on 1010XL. Good conversation with a man, Mark Wise, covering the hoops world, SEC in particular. And then looking at the rest of them as well, Florida with the loss of Colin Castleton just absolutely sucks for for him as an individual. And then for the Gators, they got five games left in the regular season, and they've got to go to Arkansas. They're just outside the top 25. That's a 2 o'clock tip. You'll be able to hear it right here on the Superstation. And then hosting Kentucky next Wednesday night, uh, and we'll find out how everything shakes out. But Mark on top of it as usual when it comes to all the big storylines uh, and cutting down the nets. March Madness, boom, it'll it'll be here before you know it. It happens so dang fast. We've been talking some college basketball, a little college football from earlier in the show, and I got to do this since it is the college time of our show. We'll get back to the Jags in just a second, but this is off the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, and it just says simply, happy birthday. To high tide on the south side. Even though you're a loyal nooner and show contributor, we sometimes don't get to your excellent insights because of the broadcast clock and such. Josie, just read what's on the script. Love the show. That's <laughs> well from done. High Tide. Thank high you, bro. Tide a happy birthday. So give Jay. him a, a, a round of applause. And, Love that. Uh, he ain't getting older. He's, he's just lighting up. That's all he's doing right now. He's not lighting candles, he's just lighting up. Uh, happy birthday! But listen, we uh, you know we, we we love all of our neuters that are out there because you guys are you know far and wide, not just in the uh, 904. You're beyond it. Uh, but if you are in the 904, you can come on by tomorrow. We will be right there on San Jose near Crown Point Road. It's the famous Quick Lube, and they will get you in and out. They always want to make you feel famous. They got military discounts. They've got senior citizen discounts, and Big Mike will be chefing it over the grill. So free food and drinks, we would love for you guys to drop on by and say hello to us tomorrow. Grand opening at the brand-new famous Quick Lube on San Jose near Crown Point Road. All right, so just on the heels of what Mark said, because we got to get back to at least a little bit of what's going on with some of these hires and interviews uh, in the uh, NFL world. But like Purdue, Maddie, we were talking about you know just the quality of of the player that they've got and getting guys to stick around. It is not easy. The transfer portal has wrecked a lot of things, but it's also it's also paved the way for a lot of good things. Colin Castleton leaving Michigan and coming to the University of Florida was a good thing. Others that have moved on, good thing. But who's the class? Because he mentioned UCLA. Mia, you said you were on there. Maddie, who are you on right now? Who am I on yeah. as far as hot, 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 ready to You're cut down You're way too the early nets. March Madness prediction. Yeah. I love Jaime Aquez. Um I love Mick Cronin. Mick Cronin's a great coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great coach. Very, very good. Um, it would be great to see UCLA 
be UCLA again. Mm-hmm. So I, I liked. I mean, Alabama can shoot, and I I know they lost to Tennessee. They can shoot. Yeah. So they're going to be and, tough out too. And uh, Brandon Miller, he only had 15 points in that game, right. and and you know 10 boards. So. I'm not going to say it was a quiet night. But, but have you guys, I know you've watched Purdue. Yeah. Have you watched Purdue this year, yeah. Joe? Yeah. 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 I mean, Zach Eady's unbelievable. But that's yeah. the thing, though. Yeah, and I, I wanted to say it to Mark when we had him on. I know we ran out of time. But those two young guards, self-admitted, say, yeah, in terms of natural raw talent, we're probably not the most naturally talented right. team in the world. Moreover, I mean, I don't think any of that starting five, including Zach Eady, necessarily translates to the modern NBA. But at the same time, they're a great college team, and they play well together, and that's all that matters and, and, in the end of the day. And I look, I've been burned picking Purdue deep in my bracket more than many once. have since 1980. Yeah, many more than have. once, okay. This and one's so a little different. They though. haven't been there since George, since 1980, and and Katie, okay, since he had hair or whatever. I mean, this has been a long time. He stays out of foul trouble. That's the key with him. Yeah. yeah. He he plays smart. Well, that's the he's thing. He's in a game. He's playing smart now. The first two years, right? Like I said, he didn't start playing basketball till he was fifteen. Right. He yeah. was still learning the game, and that's what's crazy about it. I told you guys the crazy uh, saucy nug, if we may, uh, yesterday. Uh, if you go to Houston's schedule, uh, which nugs. currently the number two team in the country, they now sit at twenty three and two. Mm-hmm. However, they are eight and zero on the road, two and zero. Neutral site, thirteen and two at home. The irony of it all, of course. Where is the Final Four this year? At Houston. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. You said that. You said that earlier uh, with Jimmy Nance talking about going mm-hmm. back home, and that's going to be the end for him with the basketball, which will be pretty cool. But yeah, that could that could work in their is favor. It, well, no, it could not work in their yeah, favor. Yeah. They it could get them to the Final Four because they'd have to leave the confines of but Houston, then, Texas, and yeah. then they if they have to come back. Yeah. And then, ooh, I don't know about that, Jim. I don't know. Yeah. Well. Uh, the you know, the the identifying these good teams right now. He mentioned Texas as well. Which, by I, the way, Texas yeah. number one went through a ton. Yeah. Now the charges are dropped against Chris Beard. Mm-hmm. Um, the um domestic abuse right. charges, and so now the question, of course, is with Texas Tech, his old stomping ground, mm-hmm. struggling under Mark Adams. Mm-hmm. Does Chris Beard get another shot? He obviously won't be getting it in Austin. Yeah, I, I and and they have to deal with the reality of what's going on outside. They can't just put themselves in a bubble, which we've seen programs do way too often. If you have issues outside, you've got to deal with them. But anyway, they have got a very good team. Uh, Tennessee and Texas had that great battle earlier. And you're just trying to figure out which one of these teams is going to be able to get on a roll and get on a run. And we can talk a little bit about Texas because with regards to the transfer portal, our earlier discussion, obviously when you look at those guards that Mark was alluding to, uh, one of those guards played at Iowa State not too long ago. Not just uh, not too long ago, literally last year. Tyrese Hunter was the Big 12 freshman of the year at another team in the Big 12. Just so that's going back to Matt's point earlier is allowing these guys to move within the conference or whatever and change from year to year to year and it's it's not going to go away. Uh, they don't have they don't have a, a choice actually. Yeah. There's nothing they can do. Yeah. They, but the the more they push back against that, mm-hmm. the more the players and their represents representation, which is coming, you know, the more they'll start to coalesce around something that looks a lot like a union. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to give them as much freedom as they can because they're trying to stave off the idea of pay for play, but that's coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. the more the more freedom they get, the more their game changes. Yeah. So it's a it's definitely a push pull right yeah, now. The part that sucks yeah. is just get used to the idea instead of a letterman's jacket in one color or No, I mean of it's course it's going to be in four it's going to be in in you know quarters Quadrants. of four. Well, moreover, yeah. and I I believe we talked about it when it happened this past summer. 
Tyrese Hunter left Texas, left for Texas from Iowa State because mm-hmm. Texas had a collective and was able to pay him, and mm-hmm. Iowa State at the time did not. Right. And that is what really incentivized Iowa State to go, oh, crud, we better turn around and you know start coming up with some money to pay these guys because otherwise it might be this guy leaving well, or that guy leaving next. And the, and the big boys that are used to having big pockets to pull from can do that. Even And, and Texas, Texas cares about basketball, maybe not as much as football, but they definitely do care about it. I'll give it, you a quick – uh, football story. I know we got to go. Austin Stogner is a very good tight end. Left Oklahoma last year for South Carolina. He just transferred back to Oklahoma. Yeah, uh, the the portal is busy. It's it's very very busy. It's XL Prime Time. This is XL Prime Time, protected by Preferred Roofing on 1010XL. One less basketball. One more basketball. No, wow. I'm really thinking about the weekend already. One more basketball note before we segue. I'm going funky. To the big cat. Oh, you got a funky? I got a funky for you first. Are you ready? Uh, I don't know if it's a funky or a saucy. Mm -hmm. This is courtesy of Eric. Time now for a funky fact. Get funky with Funky Buddha. This might they be actually more of a now, we've made it a funky. Yeah. Go ahead. All right, here we go. It might be more of a saucy nug, but that works either way. <laughs> uh, courtesy of Eric Fawcett. Florida's net rating with Colin Castleton on the floor in SEC play mm-hmm. is a plus nine. What is their net rating when he is on the <laughs> bench? All right, closest to the pin. I'm going to say it's uh, net five. Negative was, five. Yeah, Negative I was going to say neg six. Negative 23. <laughs> I was trying to be kind. Uh, Yama. That's Yama. something else. All right, so let's go ahead and stay in the funky world. Uh, funky Buddha, you can All definitely right. look for them in the grocer section uh, of your – or the cooler section of your local grocer. Make sure you check them out with all their craft. So uh, I'm trying to finish out my Super Bowl two weeks of trip. Uh, and so give you a funky fact. And this one – I think is, uh, is it's just not easy. Okay, I'm just going to make it uh, very, very clear. But I mentioned to you all yesterday that Jacksonville needs to be thankful that our coordinators were not robbed. In Philadelphia, the coordinators were robbed. Both offensive and defensive coordinators were hired away. Gannon and Steichen both gone. When was the last time that happened? Both the Super Bowl. Yep. Yeah, the both coordinators got yep. scooped up. Yep. I the, think it was – It's the – it was Patricia and whoever the OC was, I think, in New England. So just to phrase it right, first Super Bowl team to lose both coordinators to NFL head coaching jobs. And you got... Patricia and whoever the OC was. Yeah. Matt Patricia came back, reincarnated as an offensive coordinator, but he left as a defensive yeah. coordinator. Wow. Uh, JJ, Oh, wait, 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 wait. No, it's not. It's Gus. It's Gus Bradley. And uh, who would the OC? No, the OC was Daryl Bevel, so no. So never mind. I'm sticking with the Matt Patricia. I can guarantee this is going to be somebody from the 90s because I can't remember anybody. Anything? Can you give us a hint? Give me a hint. I got nothing. All right, so nothing. A hint. Matt Patricia, then the hint is. I'm saying the 90s. What's the hint? All right, the hint is you're in the the right garden. Okay, give give me like a. Oh, I'm just I'm giving I'm giving you credit that, that you're you're going down the right row right now. I'm not giving you right, any so it's got to be the Cowboys. It's got to be the Cowboys. The 49ers. Shanahan's a good one actually. The Cowboys, the 49ers, because he went to the Broncos. Wait, who was? Th- I'm saying Shanahan's coordinators. Oh, when they went to the no, Super no. Bowl I think when Shanahan was a co- I think when he was a coordinator. No, no, no. no, no, no. I'm talking, talking about, about Mike no. Shanahan. Oh, you're talking about Mike. Mike. Yeah, Mike when he was the coordinator with the Niners. 
Okay. Who's their DC, JoJo? Look at me, because so, I think I'm onto something. I'm not. I'm not looking at anybody. I tried to help That's how you. Because you know it's, it's not the Cowboys. I know it's not the Cowboys. It's either going to be the Cowboys, the Niners, is, or here's how it came together. This is what's beautiful. Is JJ says I got nothing, and then you went to the '90s. I said, okay, now you're fishing down, you know, the right fishing hole. And so then he threw Shanahan out, and so that helped you get to the Niners. So I'll just put it to you this way: you're halfway there with Shanahan. I yes, thought so. Yeah, yeah. Who of course you did. After I Niners. gave you every clue in the world, of course. Actually. Oh, I know who it was. Yeah. I know who it was. Um. What's his name? I can see him right now. 1994. Ray Rhodes. There you go. Ah! There you well go. Well done. 1994. See, the I knew something time. was wrong because you wouldn't look at me. I knew when you don't when you don't look at me, then you know I'm I on just, I, Hey, Listen, I was just trying to help you. I'm giving you all the time in the world, Hacker. I was just giving you all the time <laughs> in the world just to make sure that you got it. But, yes, uh, it was pieced together, and it worked out. 1994. Mike Shanahan went to the Broncos. How'd that work out? Uh, pretty good. Ray Rhodes. By the way, JJ totally helped me with yeah, Shanahan. Ray Rhodes to the Eagles. How'd that work out? Mm, not so much. Uh, I, I, I remember seeing Ray Rhodes uh, at the best bet when they were first putting the, the you know, ponies together where you could gamble outside you know, from the off-track betting, whatever right. you would call it, OTB. Anyway, this was out at the uh, Racetrack Road location. And Rhodes had come in for one of the J-Fund, TC Tom Coughlin J-Fund events. And he was – he made it to the best bet faster than I think the airplane brought him from <laughs> Philly. Uh, and, and so he was just in there, and he had a big cigar. And we were chatting it up, whatever. He was gambling like a crazy man. Competition. That's yeah. why they yeah. love competition. Yeah, they do. But he was uh, not a successful coach, comparatively speaking. He's a great coordinator. Yeah, like, he very, would, like both those losses were considered like, whoa, these guys are going to be great coaches. Yeah, yeah very one good was. defensive guy. Very good. All right, well, there you go. It's been a while since uh, both coordinators were robbed uh, from a Super Bowl team. This is XL Primetime, protected by preferred roofing on 1010XL. Live looking, Genesis Invitational, T-minus 30 minutes until the big cat, Tiger Woods, tees off. Matt Kuchar, St. Simon's resident, currently six under through 12. He is your solo leader. John Rahm, after kind of falling apart a little bit on Sunday, Josie, at mm-hmm. the Waste Management Open, uh, in sole possession of second place at five under, Peter Malnati, mm-hmm. Max Homa, last year's champion. Love Max. And Kevin, or excuse me, the two of them are tied for third at four under. And then Kevin Streelman, Danny Willett, Tom Hogue, Ricky Fowler, Will Zalatoris, Adam Swenson, Lee Hodges, a whole host of others are all sitting well, at. Well, I just like the, I like the, you know, the starter squad. That's a, that's a bunch of big names. This is the best field in the calendar year of 2023. Uh, better than Torrey Pines. Uh, they come rolling in with credentials. Uh, better than last week, and last week was pretty good as well. Uh, this purse is up there, not quite as high as it was a week ago. We're going we're gonna to say hello to Carney tomorrow. He will be, I'm pretty sure, following Tiger Woods. And so we're going to get with him uh, in the noon hour Is tomorrow. he going to be live on the course? Yes, yeah. He will live be, on Riviera, going to yeah, call boots, in. Boots on the ground in Pacific Palisades. And, and we're hoping uh, that we get a good couple of days from Tiger, which leads to another good, good couple of days. I think if you were betting just to make the cut, it was plus 150, something in that neighborhood. So you could grab, might have been, might, yeah, something like, might have been a little bit higher than that. Uh, but anyway. 15 to make the cut, that's not yeah. bad. Yeah, it's not going to be easy for him to make the cut. Yeah. That 
just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Sad news. Tim McCarver died. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a, a big name. Just in, days, in, days after pitchers and catchers reported, too. Yeah, just in, you know, a professional career alone as a baseball player, yeah. but as an announcer or as, as an analyst. Yeah, really good. Yeah, and, and I think when most people hear that, they'll immediately picture Dion and Tim uh, post game when they had that, you know, kind of going at it. Uh, Real mature Dion, that one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was. By he way, was fans hated Tim McCarver. Yeah, they did. He was one of those guys that everyone thought, like, oh, he hates my baseball team. Mm-hmm. But he was great. Oh, he was he a was baseball good. guy's baseball guy. He literally was a, like, if, if you want, he's the definition of, well, that's inside baseball. Because that's what he was. So like when he when he 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 on the on the call was fantastic. And he was paired with Joe Buck, who obviously was a polarizing figure at times yeah. throughout his career as well. And, and, and so perhaps that's also why. Yeah. And newsflash: people don't like other things. Yeah. Uh, what was the age? We I also newsflash: people are jealous. 81. Yeah. So so young, relatively mm-hmm. speaking. Yeah, McCarver definitely uh, I, one of the more central figures when it comes to analysts. In baseball. Uh, real quick, um, as we talk about realistic mm-hmm. expectations for Tiger, because I do want your predictions before he hits the green or hits the course, I should say. Yeah. Um, we talked about uh, realistic expectations for Calvin Ridley earlier in the program. If you want to go back, if you're just joining us, you want to go back on demand. Um, you asked about Josie when we will have official word about Calvin Ridley's reinstatement. Yeah. Um, all I can tell you is, is that Trevor Lawrence is in Italy right now, hanging out on a train to Florence mm-hmm. and uh, he retweeted Calvin Ridley's tweet from yesterday about the Ridley family being overly ready and said, let's go brother yeah. at about 5 a.m. Eastern this morning. And the Jaguars official account has retweeted that. Yeah. So just take that for what it's worth. Cause Calvin's account was the Ridley family, which yeah. I actually like the way he said, yeah. it. you know, Ridley family's ready. And it's so funny that you bring up the, you know, Trevor in Italy doing it. Leon said in the free show, he goes, if I'm reinstated, I'm Calvin. I buy a ticket and I fly straight to Italy. I find Trevor and I'm and, and JJ and I are laughing like, yeah, let's go find an open vineyard field somewhere. Let's just start throwing the ball around, which would be great. All right, real quick, Tiger plus one fifty to make the cut, and the reason why you're drawing plus odds on Tiger to make the cut is because he's not the same guy. We mentioned his cut consecutive cuts made streak was like 140, 141, something like that. Just an insane number. So, uh, And he just doesn't play as often. Right. But he comes out of the PNC. It's the only event he played in December. Because before play- that, it was the British Open. Yeah. Was the last event we saw him in. Correct? Yes. St. Yeah, Andrews. He, he, didn't play at US, he didn't play at the U.S. Open. He played at St. Andrews, a course that certainly he knows like the back of his hand. Again, the highlights, you, the, the footage you saw from him in the Pro-Am, walking up and down these steep hills. And Riviera is that. And I hope he makes the cut. He said he's been playing a lot. He's been hitting a lot of golf balls. I would love to see it. But you want to talk about L.A.? You picture sunny southern L.A.? It was cold yesterday. I don't know what the temperatures were today. I'm guessing it's hanging on uh, weather-wise. Chilly. It's and not so the it's, ball striking. It's, it's, it's the terrain. It's yeah. actually how the foot It's a five-hour And then affect walk. the ball striking. Exactly. Five-hour yeah. walk. Yeah. And it's like Mahomes being able to drive the football off the back foot. Right. And Tiger being able to drive, you know, that club and then, you know, put everything on the left side of his body and, and finish the, the, the swing the way he wants to. It's a golf course that he's played more than any other on tour and has not won at. That's hard to believe that he's had that many starts and he's not won there. It is a tough golf course for him. What are you um, betting? If you had to bet, if you're I would, putting down money, what are you betting? I, I wouldn't mind getting 15-1 to 1 that he makes the cut, but that's as far as I would go. 
Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go past that. I'm curious what the weather. I mean, it's sunny yeah. in LA, but like you said, it's cold. It's cold. It's hilly. Yeah, that's my concern. Yeah, and it is the strongest field that. Yeah. I just had a John Rom, by the way, uh, just I'm birdie go with to no. move. I'm going to go with no. <laughs> no to the cut. It's no the strongest the field this year, and it, it, like they they love the idea of of playing against Tiger. It's just do they get the same Tiger? It's a difficult they, course too, yeah. right? Oh, very. Yeah, it's a yeah. tough course, and it's one of the classic scenes is 18, and they show the place where Humphrey Humphrey Bogart would hang out and tell stories, and the the clubhouse is up on the hill, but 18 is massively long, tough to drive it on, and you got a longer club coming in uh, to the green up back up onto a hill. And then there's an amphitheater around it where everyone gets to sit and watch the winners walk up. And he, he has just not been anywhere near the top of these leaderboards when he was healthy and 100%, which is you know a little bit of a surprise. Speaking of leaderboard, uh, John Rahm, a birdie on seven. He is now at six under. Matt Kuchar, a bogey, 13. So he drops to five under, so they trade places on the leaderboard. Mm-hmm. My question for you, Joe, is knowing Scotty Scheffler now with back-to-back waste management open championships, knowing mm-hmm. the torrid run he had through 2022's calendar year, who is the best golfer in the world right now? In your opinion, I I still feel like, and I can't really say this with authority because John Rahm did lose out to uh, Scotty Scheffler this past week. But I, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe this. I would take John Rahm more often than any other player right now. But it's just the way he rolls the ball, which is frustrating him just a little bit. Once he figures that out, look out. Um, right, as far as ball striker, there's no one close to him on the tour. Right, uh, right he's, now he's he he's, is. Just right. bawling. Now, right. Rory, Rory can get yep. hot, and I would easily put my money. Which Rory on, is playing with Tiger. Yeah, yeah, I would easily put my money on Rory, but I just haven't seen enough of him this year. Like, yeah, I was on him at the Open and all that stuff last year, but I haven't seen enough of him this year. World golf rankings as they currently stand. Hey, listen, people, the players less than three weeks away, yeah. so you better be paying attention. Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, he who must not be named, Cam Smith, mm-hmm. Patrick Pant- Cantlay, Xander Shoffley, Justin Thomas, Will Zalatoris, Colin Marikawa, and Matthew Fitzpatrick. Yeah, and Morikawa was one of the mysteries right now because he's not won in a while. He didn't win last year. He had a seven-shot lead in Hawaii and lost it to Rom on a Sunday. I think he lost seven shots over the last, like, 12 holes. It was just crazy what was going on with him. Anyway, I'd like to see him pop up. JT for the players is what I'm kind of vibing on right now. So you we'll are. see whether that He's happens. also, that's the pairing yeah. with yeah. Tiger today. It's Rory, JT, Tiger. Yeah, that's a favorable up at pairing. For, yeah, favorable for Rory, uh, for Tiger. Those are two guys well, that he likes. Especially because JT, I mean, as soon as I heard it, I was yeah. like, oh, well, duh. Like, that, that's his playing buddy. Yeah, exactly. That's who he loves doing practice rounds with. So, at least maybe that'll give him some comfort yeah. fighting those chilly L.A. Yeah. conditions. Yeah, which is a surprise. But That was a random draw, too, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it was. <laughs> we'll find out. It's XL Primetime. Hey, remember this? This is caught! Diggs! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry! Way downtown! Shot from Curry! And here he is, having the time of his life. Time now for a Modelo moment. Make your next moment with a Modelo. We are here today because union leadership refused for more than a year to make any kind of proposal whatsoever. As difficult as today is, 
The reality is we had no choice in the face of the union's continued refusal to address the economic problems that are clear to everyone but them. Those savages back in 2005, a season of 1,230 games wiped out. Uh, and once again, the commissioner, it doesn't matter what sport we're talking about, the commissioner gets the black eye. But you heard to say the union led them to this because they put no proposal on the board. But that was 2004, 2005, the entire NHL season. Their 88th season of operation wiped out. You know what they said? Let's all go have a Modelo. That's exactly what they said. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL talking with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. First things first, Frank Frangie joining us live yeah. from the Prime Osborne Convention Center. Uh, what exactly is the Frangie Show doing down there? We were trying to come Hot up riding. with exactly what it is <laughs> ourselves before we brought you on the line. We're car guys, me. I'm a car guy. Okay, that's what I am. We are hot rodding you, doggone right. We're at the auto show. This is the 37th annual Mia uh, auto show. It's a big deal in Jacksonville and has been for a long time. Uh, it, it's really cool. If people love cars and people love cars. They compare models, designs, styles, options, 18 different manufacturers. If you like checking out cars then and now, that's what you, that's what people do here. Wow. There's a ladies' night tonight. It, it's really a cool deal for people that love the the world of cars. It's about as good as it gets. So we're here. We're excited to be here. Well, my, as the story goes, my my buddy Rick Molner, he was famously known as the Muffler Man in St. Augustine, and he went to one of these deals, and he was prepared to have his car purchased, and he would either hitch a ride home, or yeah. he'd buy one. So. On that note, are you prepared to sell your ride uh, if someone comes up and offers you, uh, you know, choice here's, money? Here's the problem, okay? I'm not sure my dear friends at the Nimnik family of dealerships <laughs> who provide that ride would give me that autonomy. Joe, you with me on that? Okay, I'm sure so Lauren will sign off on this. Yeah, 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 I don't know that that's my call, okay? So, um, but, uh, yeah, but, uh, honestly, it's a fun thing. And people love – people that are into the car world – and comparing cars and styles and designs over the years. They love this thing, and it was, that's why we're excited about being here. So yeah. we're, we're, we're glad we're here. Alan Verlander from uh, Airstream Ventures, they're handling all the marketing. Alan's going to stop nice. by at about 3.40 just to tell us all about what it is. Ladies' night here tonight, the ladies. And it'll be packed in here tonight, the heels and horsepower, they call it. Ooh, and okay. so that Yeah, so that'll be fun tonight, Mia. And, and so, but yeah, we're going to talk all about that and, and just give people a world into a, or look into a world that maybe they didn't know. And I think that's one of the fun things we're going to do. We'll do that. We're certainly going to talk an awful lot about uh, Calvin Ridley. He seems to be he, it's it's not Calvin Ridley Day yesterday. It's Calvin Ridley Ridley Week. Have y'all noticed that? Oh it's yeah, Ridley week oh yeah. Around here, so we're going to talk about that. A little college hoops coming up. I got a thought or two about recruiting. So uh, we are we are fun, but it's a beautiful place down here. You guys have been to the Prime Osborne oh, Convention yeah. Center a thousand times for, and they've got it all dolled up here. It looks gorgeous, and we can't wait to get going in just a bit. Another world, real quick, Frank. Yeah. That uh, mm -hmm. I guess Leon didn't know that you and I both exist in is the world of Springsteen. Have you come down? Since last yeah. week's show, moreover, uh, when are you going to another one? Well, a no, it's a great question, Mia. I'm glad you asked it. No, I haven't. Uh, I don't plan to come down. It was I've seen him 15 times, Mia. It's it's probably the best, and I and I and that says something now. I mean, that's it, it's not the same as the Broadway show, which was just him on Broadway, which was magnificent. But as far as a concert, I thought he was in full voice. I thought it was magical. I thought I thought that encore 
with Born to Run, then Rosalita, then Glory Days, then Dancing in the Dark, then Freeze Out is the best encore I've ever heard from anybody. So, no, I have not come down yet. And Joe's going, great, he's going to talk for 30 minutes about the concert. <laughs> so, but, uh, but, the, but, uh, but no, I, I have not. And we're going to try and go to New York. Mia. Are you going again? Are you going to go to I am one? not as of now, only because I've got a couple other ones on the docket. Uh, i got yeah. Luke Holmes, Morgan yeah. Wallen. So i got a couple others on the docket. But we'll see, depending you. on when I, when I return to the homeland next. Yeah, I think I'm going to try. The one, I'm, I'm gonna try, I've not seen him in the garden. I've seen okay. Billy Joel in the they garden. They just announced Wrigley, by the way. Yeah, I saw that. I had that. a bunch I of Iowa that. buddies yeah. text me and be like, are yeah. you coming? And I'm like, I'm literally in Iowa like four weeks earlier. So yeah, yeah, sorry, I, it's not going to work. Yeah, I saw that, but I, but I'm probably we're we've talked about going to the one of the garden, and that's probably what we're leaning for. So we'll see. We'll know, we'll know soon enough. So there you go. All right, guys. Well, thank you, and we can't wait to get started here. We appreciate it. All right, Frank. Sounds good. Francis show coming up from the car show downtown Prime Osborne. You can check it out. He will work the phrase in Rubens racing at some point this afternoon. I know he'll do it. We're that, all man's man here, yeah, right? You got to and and, and he'll car ask, guys. He'll we got blog boys and we got car guys. Yeah. He'll ask. Uh, What's under the hood? You know, something like that. You know, and you know how many horses? You know, stuff like that. You know, what does she? Would she drop a piston? Just all those things. Ooh, she's purring. Yeah, exactly. Listen to her purr. Yeah, exactly. All right, now we will. You can bring your hot rod to Famous Quick Lube tomorrow if you want. They will change your oil for you. We will be there, San Jose, near Crown Point Road. We would love to see you. Big Mike will be cooking. So lunch. Drinks provided. Just drop on by and say hello. Joe C., me, O'Brien, Matty Hayes, Big Sarson, JJ.